through the lens is never late and it's never early, but it's actually except today, we are late because it's a whole thing with Alex. Welcome into Through the Lens, where one does not simply just come onto the podcast. So, you know, grab your sword, your bow, and yes, even your axe. And if you have a special magic ring to rule them all, please leave it at home because we can't handle that. It really might distract Alex. He's pretty weak-willed, but you didn't hear from me. Of course, we're talking about Lord of the Rings today on Through the Lens. And while I thought I would never do this episode with the likes of Alex, I recontextualized the thought about it. I'll be doing this episode side by side with a friend. So let's go through the black gates of Mordor and ascend Mount Dune. But before we embark on our great journey, we must go over all the news around Middle Earth. Okay, now you can talk. You're like, you know, you were being so mean to me before the show. You're being mean to me on the show. When are you going to be nice to me, Davis? I, did I not just say something really nice in this intro to you? Uh, you said that I'm weak-willed? And then I said... I'll be doing the show side by side with a friend. Well, you're you're side by side with Anna right now, so I didn't know we were gonna have a guest. First of all, did you not? I thought I told you that Adrian was gonna be on the show, and, and then Adrian and he wasn't. wasn't so That's true. Surprise. He got you a second fiddle again. I I would have just asked you on first. Off. Second, second fiddle, fiddle again, Ma- again. I'm messing. Anna, you knew you were the backup. Well, for today, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just messing with you. For Jurassic hey, we Park actually now. originally asked Jeff Goldblum on the Jurassic oh. Park one, but he couldn't make it. Sorry. I can't do the laugh again. How do I? You you dig up dinosaurs. Yeah, so you do uh, dig up dinosaurs. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We're back. There it is. It's yep. so good to be back. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, trivia from last week. Before we get into that news and stuff, we had uh, a couple of trivia questions from last week. Also, our trivia questions actually are helpful because Anna just started watching District Nine. Okay, that is true. Ten out of ten. I'm having a great time. You just started? You like you, you parsing it out through the week or something? Oh, I watched it like halfway through, but I'm studying for a test. So. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah, good yeah, good she's, she's, she's basically in the middle of a mini-mester, by the way, so it's not not doing, not doing so great. Thanks. I mean, you said that. <laughs> I'm just saying. But you got a mini-mester, man. So let's see. The two trivia questions from last week were, Goodness. in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, what characters Arthur cut the arms and legs off of? The Black Knight. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, then the second question was, what type of car does Nick Cage steal in The Rock? A Ferrari. That's correct. And then who played Arnie Grape in the 1993 film What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Leo DiCaprio. That's correct. Oh, you know, David, sometimes we let the guest uh, get, get a little You could have just said that. Well, first of all, he didn't tell me we were going to start the show. He just started playing the music, and he started snapping at me like a dog. Oh, my goodness. So, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. You could just go like, hey, Davis, I'm going to play the intro. Get ready. I'm sorry. I was talking to Anna. We, we were having a moment. She was showing me a thing from the movie that we're talking about. But yeah, it was a Lord of the Rings. I'm meme. sorry. I saw the time ticking away and I was worried. A, a minute. Um, Davis, we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. Oh. We have three movies that are nine and a half hours in combined length alone. Unless you watch the extended editions. I still have never I watched do. them. Which, They're so good. Which I was. I just started playing one of these the other day. I was like, I don't remember this scene. And I looked at like the t- runtime was like three hours, 40 minutes. I was like, what, <laughs> what right? is happening? Wait a minute. You played well, the extended for Christmas, I didn't mean, I just played, I told Alexa to play or whatever. Oh, yeah. Fair. For Christmas, my little brother was like, do you want to watch the Lord of the Rings? And I was like, heck yeah. Cause you know, got to watch them every year. Um, and uh, we were watching it and there's the scene. I'm like, excuse me. And Joseph turns to me. He's like, "Yeah, we're watching the extended versions." And I was like, "Heck yeah!" Is that your yep. older brother, right? Little. A little. What's well, younger. Brother? Don't wait. Don't don't dox your brothers. I'm sorry. What? I was <laughs> gonna say, what's your older brother's name? Because I've met him way back oh, in the day. Yeah. But do you want like a, a sibling rundown? No, it's okay. You don't have to do that. Okay. People right. don't need to know about your siblings. 
Yeah. They don't Alex know likes about to ours. dox people on the show a lot. He's like, oh, yeah, this person that lives here, blank, that nobody listening to the show knows <laughs> no. their name. I've never, the ever said that. Jackson? You always go like, oh, yeah, this person, boom. Oh, like, you, you do that with Corinne a lot. Like, nobody listening knows who that but is. But Corinne knows who Corinne is. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's Davis, Davis, come on now. Yeah, no, Glyph Glorp, you know, is a big fan of the show. If you don't know Glyph Glorp, too bad. You don't know him. <laughs> Glyph Glorp was in The Mandalorian this past that's week. That's true. That's, isn't it true? However, why don't we get into our news? And like last week, we're going to have timestamps. They didn't work the way I was hoping to, but what I'm experimenting with some it ideas blew up here. It blew up your phone if you pushed them. It was crazy. Oh, that's that's funny, actually, Davis. They, you know, um, there's there, So Transistor just updates at random, and new tabs keep appearing in each show folder, so I'm kind of working my way through that, but we're trying to figure it out. Anyway, so today we're going to talk about a bunch of trailers for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, a trailer for Secret Invasion, a trailer for the Blue Beetle film, trailer for Barbie. We're also going to talk about a new Martin Scorsese film, and it's um, apparent runtime. First look at Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix in a certain movie that a lot of people are going to be looking forward to, as well as breaking news on Shrek 5 updates oh and gosh. a certain transphobic author that is returning to the limelight somehow or another. Anywho, according to Variety, well, oh yeah, again, that's the news. If you want to skip ahead, go ahead and look at those timestamps and... If they're not well, working, if you, really, chapter, if you really want to hear your favorite bit of news, listen to the rest of the news. Yeah, that's you. It's um, a surprise for the for for going through the slog of hearing what's happening nowadays. What, what are you? I'm messing with people that don't like the news. Ah, yes, of course. Of I course. was about to say, real ones listen to the news. Yes, exactly. Well, I listen so, to the news. Jo- the Josie the called news. me again again <laughs> this week and was like, "I like the news." I was like, "Josie, you need to understand that you have also become a character on the show. That we are just <laughs> at this point attacking for no reason." Oh yeah, you know. uh Friend of the show, Matthias, he really doesn't like the news either. <laughs> our, our hundreds of thousands of <laughs> listeners. Um, so according to Variety, Shrek 5 is reportedly in there early no development. The joke. What? There's no Matthias was the joke. I just want people to know at home, <laughs> there's no Matthias. According to Variety, Shrek 5 is reportedly in early development with and with the cast having tremendous enthusiasm for Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, and Eddie Murphy to return to their respective roles, a lot of the steam behind that push is based partly in the fact that Puss in Boots The Last Wish was one of the better animated films in recent memory uh-huh. and had a big tease to going too far, far away at the very end of the film. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited if they make a Shrek 5. Why not? I mean, if it's de- good. It depends on the creative minds behind it. If it's the Puss in Boots Last Wish crew that are like, all right, we'll make your fifth film. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. No doubt about it. Andy, you've seen Puss in Boots The Last Wish. Right? No. <laughs> you keep, this is the second time you've been like, Anna, you've seen Puss in Boots. I'm like, you should. Well, you really I, like I it. really it's hope that, that all that all of all of humanity will see that movie. So Speaking of cats, my cat's been really, she likes watching movies. She, she was liking Lord of the Rings. However, she's been really dramatic recently. She's been mean to me. Oh, dear. Aww. She got out the other night. I had to go catch her. <gasps> Poor baby. Cats are cats are she like got, that. She huh? got behind the like, and she went to the laundry room. She got behind the washing machine and stuff. And I just like moved the washing machine like it was a chair. To Big get, man Davis, like, is that, that how you hurt your hand? Yeah, that is. Oh uh, yeah, yep. saving his cat. Um, of course. I'm really excited about this. I think again, if it's got the right creative minds behind it, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think they've got the right amount of steam to it. And DreamWorks desperately needs a new franchise that isn't Boss Baby. So, oh my not a new franchise. They they need they need to return to that well a bit because the studio has been struggling as animated films as a whole. I would say are kind of in a plateau area. We've talked about that with Pixar and our lack of excitement well, for all Pixar's the, all upcoming the animated projects. Movies are becoming adapted to live action. Oh, oh brother, gosh. why don't we get right into that, Davis? There you go, hey, hey man. He, you're he knows he knows what he's doing. Um, you're welcome. Yeah, a live action oh, yeah, remake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what can I say except you're welcome, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh my God, oh my God, 
a live action remake of Moana is in the works. The Rock sold it pretty well in his announcement video, like you said, Davis. I, but it's not a great precedent. No, I don't. I don't think they should make this. But like, I was watching the video. I was like, oh man, The Rock's happy. I'm happy for him. Yeah. But then you remember kids. that it's a seven year old movie. But I was like, they. Sh- yeah, like he he wants. It, it seemed like he genuinely wants to like appreciate the culture because he's yeah. Samoan. I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And I was like, oh, but it's not that may, awesome. May, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that and. Just like I, Moana I was telling Dave that, or I was telling Davis, like, I genuinely believe The Rock is as much a character as anything, and that he's playing that character a bit. Sure, touch all those points. You want to honor Samoan Islander culture? That's great. Really, there's a lot of incredible stories from that culture to tell and whatnot. So make another movie. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't go back to the well. And it's again. Live action remakes are kind of insulting to animation, by the way, because it 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 reinforces the idea that animation films need a live action remake. They don't need anything. Animation is animation as much as any genre, in my honest opinion. I believe it it is as much its own medium within film. It's not some subsidiary or some lower tier. And we've seen with Guillermo del Toro's work as of late. He's doing that with Pinocchio, which I still really need to see because I've heard all the good things I'm about watch that. that tonight. I mean, I, I really do need to at, at some point soon because I've heard so many great things about that. Uh, you gonna say I was going to say, what's the point in Disney making these movies? I know why they make them, to make money. Because people are going to go like, oh, this movie I like is now live action. But like, when people are like, oh, you know what? I want to watch The Lion King. They're going to they're gonna watch the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Or they're like, oh, I want to watch The Little Mermaid cartoon. Like, I don't think any of these, they're going to choose the live action one except... Uh, one of my friends in high school, I'm not going to mention her name because people <laughs> listening don't need to know that, Tea. is my point, uh, liked the Beauty and the Beast live action a lot. Oh, that was good. But also Emma Watson. Is that a she's negative? I think no. she's saying like, oh she's, yeah, and also- She's oh, very she's attractive. I've heard people like, that have been angry. Actress. I've heard people that have criticized her singing in that film. At part. What? But no, so Davis, you're exactly right because it's more of like a one stop for Disney because- when you talk about Aladdin, I personally am not a huge Aladdin fan either way. That's I just did, I just didn't grow up with that movie. I did think there was a few moments in the Aladdin live action. I was like, this is kind of fun. But like, if it, I if I wanted to watch Aladdin ever again, I'd watch the cartoon, which I I yeah. would not. But I'm that, not gonna be like, you know what I want to watch? Aladdin. But you know that live action film going. made over a billion dollars. So that's the thing did. is that it, it's an insane. Moana animated made six hundred eighty-two million dollars, and the truth is, and this is the problem. Disney is reinforcing that idea that animation is a children's genre and live action mm. is is superior because many people, like, I think that's why when Moana live action comes out, this will be the close comparison because obviously comparing a 2019 film to a 1992 film is not really a very equal comparison box office wise. With yeah. Moana, you're going to get that even comparison. I think you're going to see the live action movie is going to make a lot more money because live action just carries a different weight and animation has a stigma to it that I think, again, is misplaced because... If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Animated, children's jokes are not. Good movie is good movie, and that's the... Are you telling me some of The Rock's live-action movies aren't more childish than Moana? Jungle Cruise and Jumanji? Just saying here. And that's kind of my point here, and I think you're exactly right, Davis, that it's definitely... They're almost... When people were talking about Avatar, right, they were doing the whole cultural impact, this movie has no cultural impact, it's just a box office hit. I feel like that criticism can apply specifically to the live-action Disney remakes. Because people saw them. They made money. Does anybody talk about Lion King 2019 anymore except just to be angry? Mm-hmm. I mean, Aladdin was good, but its cultural impact is minimal. Rob, mm-hmm. People still talk about the Robin Williams gen, or genie 
more than the Will Smith genie. Now, of yeah. course, that's nostalgia and stuff aside, but yeah. I don't know. I will say that I do love the live-action Cinderella that they did, mostly because it gave depth to the prince, and like they met more than one time, mm-hmm. and Cinderella's my favorite princess. You ever so. seen the Cinderella with Brandy in it? I don't think so. Check that one out. There you oh, go. There's so many live-action Cinderella movies from various yeah. years. It was this one's like from early 2000s. It's on Disney Plus. Time. Um, also, with animation, you're all, obviously you can get a lot more animated. Like it's a like so much more so much more expressive. Like The Mask is the only live-action movie that I can think of. I was like, oh, that's like they're really expressive. Just like and that the was comics. the gimmick exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I think we we ran into this last week. Well, first of all, um, obviously Maui. Part of the enjoyment of that film is that he's kind of he's cartoonishly yeah. giant. Yeah, we've run into the same thing with How to Train Your Dragon. One of the titular scenes in the <laughs> opening sequence of that film is stoic in a fist fight with a dragon, which is not doable because there's maybe three or four people on the planet that can equal stoic size and be on screen. Yeah, and like it just they could just do like a I wish this was the last bit of news because it'd be like they could just do like a. A forced perspective thing like Gandalf and Lord <laughs> of the Rings. We'll, we'll circle oh back gosh. somehow. We'll definitely circle back to that. However, why don't we move on to an animation that we can all be happy about. The new trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse yeah. has been released. Good examples of animation. The, the Marvel film will hit theaters June 2nd, 2023. This summer's going to have a lot of big movies. Its international trailer had teases to Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, think, and Tobey Maguire. I don't think they're going to be in it. I think it's just like, you know these Spider-Men. So but what about this? Miles, Spider-Man? I think yeah, exactly. it's more like that. I don't think they're gonna. But they did mention Tom Holland in the trailer. Exactly. Which yeah, yeah Oscar pretty... Isaac or oh, yeah. Spider-Man Twenty Nine. Miguel O'Hara did because they like, mentioned like Doctor Strange and that nerd nerd on Earth One Nine 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 Nine. Yeah. I mean, this movie looks awesome, man. Yeah. It really it like again to every. It's completely changed the fabric of animation itself because Anna for the and for those who do not know have not seen Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. That animation is heavily inspired by Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That sort of comic booky, you know, putting effects on motions to sell the motion, I guess is how I would describe it. I don't, I don't, I don't know the technical terms, of course. Yeah, this movie looks awesome. That's all I really got to say about that one. It stresses me out, though. I'm like, poor Miles. It looks like they're going to try to put him through some stuff again. Exactly. And speaking of being put through horrible things, Bloomberg reports that HBO is developing a Harry Potter series oh, with each season to cover a different book. So for all of us out here, <sighs> ouch. And J.K. Rowling will be involved in the HBO Harry Potter series adaptation to ensure it remains loyal to her original material. However, she will not be serving as showrunner. Um, This this was one of the most painful bits of news that I read in recent weeks because having just rewatched those films, obviously you can go listen to the podcast episodes if you want to hear our full discussion on that, but those movies, flaws aside, really captured... Just they just captured it all really well. The fact that you grow up with the characters, yeah. and I just don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. It's gonna feel ho- first of all, it's gonna feel very hollow, which it, it is hollow is the point, right? Because mm-hmm. it it is very much a how can we make this kind of money? And it's not a it's not a foreign concept to go adapting a book book series into a TV series is better than adapting into a movie because you have more time. Yes, that's no no I have no issues with that. There are people that may, might, but I don't. But the movies have already been made, and I get you're going to be able to tell more details, but no. And again, with this, remakes decades apart are fine because visual effects might differ or, you know, quality might differ. Like, you can remake a movie from the 70s because the audio sounds bad. And whatever movie you remake, it's going to sound better, so therefore the quality is going to feel different. But is there going to be a person on this planet that is going to be able to 
beat out Alan Rickman's version of Snape or mm-hmm. Ray Fine's version of Voldemort or any of any Harry, of Hermione, Ron. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about that when we were doing the show, Davis, right? I mean, the casting in that in that movie st- series is pretty you know, much it's, it's perfect. 100 out. I mean, maybe, maybe they missed. You could probably change like the first villain that had the thing on the back of his head. Yeah, maybe. Professor Quill. Yeah, like you could get a better guy for that. Maybe, but even maybe. then, I'm I mean, like, then you, you go ne- next next movie is Kenneth Branagh, and then the next film is David Thewlis. Yeah, and... like you just get someone that's like more because like Kenneth, you remember Kenneth Branagh exactly. You remember Lucian. You're like, oh, I remember these guys are like Quill. I, I could not tell you who played him. But again, you're still once you knock yeah. that out, you've got the biggest uphill battle in history where you're just having to match. I mean, you have to match the Malfoys who were perfectly cast. Jason Isaacs mm-hmm. is not going to come out and do seven sh- seven seasons of a show. Or Hagrid. Exactly. Like, he was so loving. I exactly. I mean, he's an him. iconic character played by an iconic, iconic actor who unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Who played him? Robbie Coltrane um, from The Oceans, if, he you, if you may he, remember. Yes, he is. Uh, what's his name? In Ocean's it's, it's, a, it's a weird name. I remember. It's, it's something like... It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But uh, It's just disgusting, to be honest. The, well, it, I saw a tweet about it. Uh, I'm not sure how true this is, but something to think about. It was like I wonder if Ray J.K. Rowling is doing this because recently Daniel Radcliffe and other members have been coming out like with pro-trans things. Like Daniel Rad- Radcliffe is really vocal about it. He he helps. Yeah, with I trans, saw the thing. Trans yeah, pride I saw stuff, that, and yeah. rightfully so. Want and, to add? Yeah, we talked about that too on the show that these these actors have done such a better job, in my opinion, than Rowling for recognizing the impact and reach that yes. their series has because that J- Daniel Radcliffe's great at it. Exactly yeah. because they recognize that this is not. You can't pretend to have. Sorry, go ahead, Davis. No, I was going to say, you can't can't pretend to have a small audience. Recognize that your films have touched so many different people from different backgrounds. And as a character, or as an actor who has played such an iconic character, he recognizes that and the need to support all those many people that have that connection to that series that has been damaged significantly by comments made by Rowling over the past years or so. You were going to say, Davis. Uh, So maybe she's trying to make a new series so she can get her own little own little new people in there to make people forget about Daniel Radcliffe and them because she's so she's such a turf that is trans-exclusionary radical feminist if you didn't know what that meant. I did not know what that meant. Thank you for defining that, Davis. Yeah, you know, I obviously don't want to speculate. I'm not either, but like I don't like J.K. Rowling, so maybe I will speculate. Uh, I don't, there there I don't you go. Like her. There you go. I think it's just very disappointing. Yeah. Is is my general feeling about this. O- outside of Rowling's involvement, then it gets a little more irritating, but it's just disappointing because... Again, the movies did it so. And again, who, what are you just gonna steal? Are you gonna replay John Williams' score? Or are you gonna have somebody else? Ugh. Either way, no, like, you're it, comparing against one of the best scores that's ever been put together, and that was continued throughout the. We did talked about it on the show that even when Williams left, the scores continued to evolve in such ways that. I mean, what? What, what exactly are they gonna do about the iconography at a theme park? Of the original movies, are they gonna just reuse all the iconography, just slot new people in? It's just, it's there's really no. I don't feel like there's another way you can like interpret, like the train and stuff, or, like the flying. Like how are they going to modernize? I don't know. Now That's again, we it. talked about it, and we're going to talk about it today with Lord of the Rings a bit about that show, The Rings of Power. But at least that was a prequel. Like at least it yeah. it went somewhere different. Yeah. This is just a rehash of the seven books in seven seasons, most likely, is or probably maybe do eight seasons because there's some overlap, perhaps. But like. Uh, any other things you want to get off our chest about this sad development? It's just, it is what it is. And I will not be watching 
And speaking of another show that I won't be watching, the first trailer for Marvel's Secret Invasion has been released. The series will premiere on Disney Plus on June 21st. It's dealing with the Scroll Secret yeah. Invasion. Uh, this has a chance to be one of the more interesting Disney shows released recently, since it's going to be like espionage with Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson, probably one of the best actors in the MCU. I'm not going to say best, one of the best, because Christian Bale was in it, I guess. But That's like true. recurring actors, probably best one remaining at this point. I would agree so, considering a lot of the original is, cast has since gone. Who, who else is still? Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is He's in good. It. He can Florence be good. Pugh's in it. Yeah. Yeah, Florence Pugh. She's pretty cool. I, I, don't, I love Florence Pugh, but I won't put her above... Jackson oh yeah, yet. no, no, no. I, but, I wouldn't say. It. I was just saying. There's some. But like there. espionage with Samuel L. Jackson, and if they make it like Andor or something, I haven't watched Andor, but like if they put care into it, like Andor, could be, could be, but could will be they? good. My issue is I don't know how it ties into Captain Marvel because obviously Captain Marvel introed the Scrolls and then did like a swerve where they're actually refugees and not yeah, doing a secret invasion, and then now the Scrolls are doing a secret invasion. Yeah, I don't know. My issue again is that even in the trailer, it's like where are the Avengers? I wonder how this is going to tie in because, again, the direction feels very lost because Ant-Man kicks off Phase 5 with the Kang and the many Kang variants that are going to take over, and it's all building to the Kang dynasty. But Secret Invasion is a very expansive plot, by the way, because it deals with the fact that the Avengers are also being impersonated by the Scrolls and so on and so and forth. And there's the Super Scroll, which takes all their powers. Exactly. A lot of the Fantastic Four's powers. I don't yeah, know how he's you actually a Fantastic Four villain. Exactly, the but the Fantastic Four, of course, is... In the void somewhere, yeah, locked, locked away in a vault, even though they're incredible characters. Marvel missteps so badly by not introducing literally their most popular characters at all. There's no hint of the Fantastic Four. There's no hint other than John of the X Men. Yeah. Oh, I get. Yeah, I guess he was in that. <laughs> too little, too late. Frankly, yeah. they've had him for how many years now? Well, not super long, admittedly. They still they bought him with the Fox transition. I want to say they've missed such a chance to really like be like, hey, X Men are coming. They're just like. Maybe, yeah. We have the X-Men. I don't... Fantastic Four. But but Thunderbolts, Davis. Oh, yeah, Thunderbolts is coming out. Don't, don't <laughs> that you that worry. Movie, that movie might actively lose money. I'm not convinced that movie is going to make a dime, to like, be honest with you. Literally, your most popular characters before the MCU were X-Men and the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, which Sony owns still. And Marvel's And taken... even Hulk, you could say. Yeah, and Hulk, Universal. Because, yeah, you can just look at who was bought out to see who was Yeah, I was saying who was being made into movies. But, like, X-Men and Fantastic Four, like, your most popular. And they're legendary and they're just in the like, comics. They're just like, meh. We got Iron Man, who's dead now. We got... The Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts. Like, come on. It's, I want to see the X-Men. I agree. It's very, very disappointing. Not really anymore, feels, but I would have wanted to see the It feels almost <laughs> like they bought the IPs just to tease having the IPs. They bought actually, the IPs so they didn't have any superhero movies to go up against them. Because, like, they bought they bought the use of Quicksilver and brought in Evan Peters just to do, of course, that horrible twist and we talked about in WandaVision. I really think they were just like, oh, I hope we don't want Fox to make a lot of money and steal money from us because they're making good X-Men movies, so we'll just buy them. I genuinely think. That's what they could have done. I think that's definitely open to interpretation, I think. Because they haven't made yeah. any X-Men movies since then. The trailer looks cool. I just don't know how it applies. Because, again, a six-episode series is not enough to deal with what could be a multi-movie plot line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how familiar you are with Secret Invasion. I feel like they I, have zero. to. Zero. Zero, yeah, that's fair. It's so the scrolls just, like, take over big positions of power. And they, like, the scrolls can, like, impersonate people by, like, right. shape-shifting. So they just, like... 
like, oh yeah, I'm Captain America. It's basically it's like the cool. lizard people are in charge of the government yeah. conspiracy yeah. theory put yeah, into a comic book storyline. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the reason. Oh yeah, no doubt. That. I think it's definitely the connection. Which movie had the scroll? Captain Marvel. That, no, um, the one that was oh. pretending to be Samuel Jackson's character. That was No Way Home. Or not that no was way in No Way Home. Or okay. that was, it was, yeah, it was. It was. Oh, Far From Home. Far From Home. Far From Which went nowhere until now, apparently. Well, now it's nowhere, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. um, no way home. Uh, oh, yeah, I just yeah. I think they got to leave it. They can't like resolve it all in the show. Also. But I wonder how. And speaking of another big time comic book movie for a, or maybe they could like be like, hey, there's this thing happening. He's trying to handle it, and then they leave that for after the Kang Dynasty to be the next. I don't know. I, I don't because know. Because actually, man. actually, after Kang Dynasty is going to be Secret Wars. And that's I mean, uh, isn't, that's what they're going to try to isn't do. Isn't Secret Wars though? Isn't that um but, like that's the one where like. It all collides, and that's where that, originally that's where Spider-Man got the black suit. Oh, I think I think. Secret, I thought Secret Wars was the scroll. Oh no, that's, that's Secret Invasion. Scroll, yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Secret sorry. Wars, the whole. I don't even. I don't even know what Secret Wars is about. The I point know. is though, they just thrown the IP out there and say, "Hey guys, look at this thing." Um, the first trailer for DC's Blue Beetle movie, starring Zolo Mari Duent Duenya. I'm gonna say that as Jaime Reyes has been released. The film will hit theaters this August. I'm kind of excited. I don't care. You saw it, Anna. I've seen a single trailer for it. That's the only trailer that there is. Okay, cool. Yeah, it looked interesting. I love Blue Beetle, man. Blue Beetle's cool. The suit looks pretty awesome. It's very ripped straight from the comics. People are really mad that he mentions that Batman is a fascist at the end, which is like a throwaway punchline. I sent you a very line. interesting video about that Wait. on TikTok. Oh, yeah, I got to watch that. Um, which, watch it. it was sorry. actually, it was interesting. Uh, well, I will watch About it. how mass vigilantes are like puppets of the right wing. Oh, interesting. Not puppets, but the like, whole point they're is- representative of a right wing ideology. The whole which point I can explain if you want. is um, that George Lopez makes that funny joke at the end of the trailer, which is like a nice hook, and people are like, oh, I'm not going to watch this because it's gone woke oh and talking God. about Batman is fascist, and I'm like, maybe. That's maybe. Allowed. No, oh no, it's God, no, it's not. No, it's not, Davis. Should I just no, go ahead not. and curse while I'm at it then? Uh, no, Davis, you should not. Please. If I can't say hell, which Davis? is allowed. No, you, it's, just well you just... Say, it's just when you say it. It's just when you... Nope. Dip, 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 Stop. I might as well just say a nope. bad word. Shouldn't Stop, I? Davis. He's going to bleep it anyway. Davis, please um, don't. Side note, when I first saw the Blue Beetle trailer, I thought it was for the Blue Tick. You know, oh, the yeah, Amazon yeah. Prime oh, yeah. series. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, I really, really like think that it's a, it's a one-second joke in a movie that is being self-aware and being funny, and who cares? And also, yeah, Batman is crazy. That's kind of the point. The whole point of Batman... The Batman fandom has reached the point where people are not realizing the fact that he's probably the worst of... In terms of morality, the heroes in the Justice League. That's kind of the point. He's the much darker of the. He also deals with much darker circumstances, but like. How does he wear a mask? More importantly, like uh, the fact that his. Think about again. It. I, his, could, I could just explain. His no kill rule just allows Joker to keep coming out of prison and killing more people. Yeah. So let's just let's think about that for a second. Again, but you know, people are dramatic, and Twitter is Twitter. He beats up the criminals, but not the not the system that made the criminals. Oh, there you go. Speaking he's a billionaire. That, Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. He could fix it. The first official trailer for Greta Gerwig's Barbie, starring Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, and more, has been released. It'll be hitting theaters July 21st, the same day as Oppenheimer. Davis had a was criticizing me for saying that I want to see both those movies on the same no, day. No, I'll probably see them on the same day, but back to back. Back to back. I'm not saying back I'm. I might need like, like a good bathroom break. Yeah, like you maybe get, yeah. lunch break. Go get, exactly. go get some lunch. Yeah. Cleanse. Um, talk it's about. It's an AMC. I'll just get some chicken. Talk what? about the. AMC has like whole meals, man. Talk about the movie and then go like, okay, now let's go see Barbie. Yeah. Because if you see like Barbie and then you go to Oppenheimer, you're gonna be an Oppenheimer thinking about Barbie. You can't pay attention to Oppenheimer. Or if you're an Oppenheimer, you're gonna be for three hours you're like, oh man, I'm so tired now. I don't want to see Barbie. And then if you're in Barbie, you're gonna be like, oh man, Oppenheimer's so dark. You need you need a break between them. Anyway, this Barbie trailer was awesome. Yeah, I cool. love it. Oh my god, I'm gonna gosh. beat you off, man. 
they say beach you off. Beach. That's what I said. All right. For the record. Now. Whoa now, Davis. Whoa <laughs> now, man. But yeah, I I think it's going to be so fun how they're all named Barbie and they're all named Ken. Yeah. I did not know that was going to be Oh, and be there's Alan, it. but. What? Alan. Michael Sayers' name's Alan. That's pretty uh, funny. Because back in the day, Ken had a friend named Alan. Who, of course, <laughs> has got to be played by Michael Sarah. There is, there, there, is no, there is no other. Alan. This looks aw- There you go. Alan. <laughs> 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 uh, something, another, another interesting thing about it. What's her name? Kate McKinnon? Is that her name? Yes. Uh, SNL star. I didn't play with Barbies as a kid. My cousins did, of course. But I like, did. Did you like ever cut the hair off of them, or like draw, oh, definitely. or like draw on them? Cut the hair off. I'd pierce their ears. Did you ever I'd, like, draw on their, their face and stuff? Sometimes I'd try to like redo their makeup. So that's I think that's what the Kate McKinnon yes! Barbie is supposed to look. I like. I love Kate McKinnon. Like her hair's chopped and she has stuff all over her face. Give Kate McKinnon the blank check. She's awesome. Love it. Awesome. Oh, okay. Blank I mean, check. <laughs> she was just great in SNL. She's really she's really funny. <laughs> oh my lord. Anyway. Um, All my this movie looks awesome. Love, love Greta Gerwig movies yeah. and love Margot Robbie movies. And Noah Baumbach has helped writing it? Uh, yes. Her husband? They, they do a lot of collaboration. Well, they are, um, they are married, so I'm really? sure they collab. Yes. Okay. I'm, well, sure, they, I'm listen, sure they collaborate on a lot every, of things. No, everything I've read about that, it just said they are uh, quote unquote partners. Is oh, I think they're married, but like partners, I'm sure is fine. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure. Life I just partners? Make sure I, I'll say life partners. Yeah. More politically correct. There you go, Davis. Um... But I really think that this movie is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's like be cool. it's just the I'm trailer. Excited. It's going to be fun, and it's all the colorful. posters were so Beach fun. You off? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, speaking of another big time director with a huge movie coming out, according to a report in Variety, Martin Scorsese's upcoming film *Killers of the Flower Moon* will reportedly have a runtime close seven hours to four hours. The oh long-awaited film stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, Jesse Plemons, Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser, okay. John Lithgow, and more. Oh, really? It's expected to be released in October after a Cannes Film Festival I premiere. I find it very funny that there's still only like the one photo of it. Every time you see a release, it's just the Leonardo DiCaprio sitting at the table. This is basically Scorsese at his peak when he knows his name will sell. Yeah. Like he knows he doesn't have to do any- – and that's true. That's the same thing with Gerwig and Barbie. Like they've released two trailers – and oh, people are still people are talking about. I mean, people are like, and it's the same thing with Nolan and Oppenheimer. He's like, I know that I've got it. Yeah, and that's that. That's what it's you do when you're James when Cameron does. They're like, oh yeah. By the way, this trailer you all wanting here it is. Oh my gosh, that video you sent me on TikTok about the about the the tank, James Cameron. With what killed me is the casual. Yes, we 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 invented our own camera to, or we built our own camera like to they shoot did, the. Yeah, they did mention that okay. at all ever again. So, yeah. I sent him a video on TikTok uh, about. Go ahead. Fun fact related to our Avatar episode. Uh, this video is sent to me by Davis on TikTok. So you've seen stuff. Avatar the way of the water, Anna. Oh, my I God. They're in water a lot. Yeah. So that was kind of his point is that we have to find a way to film in water. And they started with wires. And there's a lot of like people around on wires thing. And he's like, this isn't going to work. So they re- responded by building a 90-foot-long, 40-foot-wide tub that was a lot. I don't know how tall it was. I like Tank. Tank. Sorry. Tank. I feel like tubs. I'm going to. A little tangent here. I feel like if you say tub, it has like it's a little curved. You know what I mean? Like a bathtub. Yeah, like a, a bathtub. Either curved. way, a tank. Sorry. Excuse sorry. you. Sorry. Go ahead. I wasn't go ahead. done. Sorry. Sorry. A tank sorry. is like ninety degree angles. Yeah, like straight sides. A but tub. I feel more like, like concave. Angled. Like if you're yeah. carrying like a wash tub, it might not be curved all the way, but it has angles curved. Like it's like when you say tub, I think round. When yeah. you say tank, I think rectangle. Okay. Does the curve of the walls have anything to do with it? Because like I feel like a wash tub's kind of like forty-five, maybe or like maybe like sixty. I don't even know. I don't know, man. Like a big like you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You had him in like that big old metal <laughs> tub. You know yeah. What I'm about? Okay, Alex, back to you. 
All right, so back to me, you say it is. Um, either way, so yeah, they basically built this gigantic tank to film all of the underwater scenes in, and it's just like so, like one of his, like they had to learn, to, they had to use like, they couldn't use infra for infrared, they had to use something else to work it, and they again built a camera to do it specifically. Oh. Craziest movie I've ever seen in my life, truly. Incredible. I haven't seen it, but they did start incorporating it onto the Banshee ride at Disney World. Oh, really? How yeah. so? Um, you go to like the beach, and then like there's the whale thingy. Oh, the I don't know what they're called. Isn't that already in the? Was it? I thought so. Oh well, I don't know. No, you go to the beach, but I don't. There's like there's like the... a there's like a big creature. I don't know if it's. The I think whale. she's talking about no, the whale the... from Avatar too. Yeah, mm. it's the big one from the trailer. the Kulakons or the, the whatever. Yeah, the like Talakon. Yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it doesn't it matter. Cool. It doesn't matter. Keep going. It's anyway, cool. this movie again, uh, huge cast to it, but I'm really, really excited for it. Okay, what's it about? Because I have great question, it. Davis. Do you want to Google it for me? Because I have no idea. <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, I don't know. It's a it's a Scorsese movie. It's probably about the mob or something. Wait, so Killers of the Flower Moon is a book, The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. Oh, oh, interesting. oh. that sounds really cool. Yeah, but DiCaprio's, Members, I bet DiCaprio's gonna wait. be like, "You will not get away with this." <laughs> So, so the, the brief synopsis. <laughs> but not an Oscar. Yeah. He already got his ones. He's never getting yeah, one he, again. He's good. Um, the synopsis reads on Wikipedia, members of the oil-wealthy Osage Nation are murdered under mysterious oh, circumstances. You, I think it's the Osagi. Osagi Nation. Sorry, then. I, 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 I was thinking of like the something, You're, this something is, Osage yes, the Native, Native American tribe. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know what? You know what? actually might be Osage. Members of the I've heard Osagi, but I think that might be wrong. Anyway, Sorry. members of the tribe are murdered under Sorry. suspicious circumstances, sparking a major FBI inv- investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, what if it's Martin yeah. Sheen again? Oh my God, that'd be crazy. It is Osage. Okay, there you go. Then I apologize. No, it's okay, Dave. I have. Okay. I've just heard it. There's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to delve into my memory because it makes for bad radio. Yeah, one could say it does. Now, our last bit of news. Um, <laughs> As Alex does it every, all the time, he's like, give me a second while I look this up. Just keep going, man. Just keep going. Just filler talk. Filler <laughs> or you can talk. talk while you're typing, which is what I do. That's true. I can't do that. First official look at Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix as Harley Quinn and Joker in Already Joker. Folia do. Folia do, released by Todd Phillips. Filming has wrapped on the sequel and will be released in October of 2024. Yeah, this this movie. Yeah. Yeah? All right. I will be seeing this movie. I do love Lady Gaga. Exactly. I'll, I'll probably watch it. I mean, come on. That's fine. Thing is, like, Todd y- Phillips is fine. But when they hit you with that, because remember, the trailers for Joker, the first film, is what really got a lot of people into it, is that, you know, it was like, oh, this is cool. But then the trailers were, like, next level, and I'm really wondering yeah. how they're going to do that. It was a fine movie. Yeah, no, no, I'm just on my opinion. Eight, eight out of ten. Yeah. I know, I know, However, speaking of, a, speaking of a movie that is anything Wait, you but... Know, Taxi Driver almost had a sequel that was a musical. Really? <laughs> You're so gullible. <laughs> no! <laughs> Why would Scorsese make a musical? Hey. He dies at the end of Taxi Driver. Does he drive the does Spoiler he die the alert. Driver? He, he drives a taxi, though. That's cool. Does, does he die at the end of Taxi Driver? Have you not seen it? I saw it one time. Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah, we did it for that, for that podcast one time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, speaking of another all-time classic movie does. that is anything but... I mean, th- next year, I think, does, does he? Does he? he does. I thought he just starts bleeding, but like it's like inconclusive. He gets all shot up. No, no yeah, way. But it's, hey, man, anybody can survive. Do I have to look this up now? Yeah, I'm going to look this up. All right, so... Talk, however, yeah, I was going to say, though, Davis, I was going to say, um, speaking of a movie that is great and anything but fine, the Lord of the Rings series, oh, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord, yeah Lord, 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 Lord of the Rings. 
of the Rings. Some good games, some good books. The, the Lego some, games. Oh, yeah. The Those Lego, are so the Lego good. sets. Oh, yes. The Have Lego Hobbit wasn't good. Travis drops Mich- Mich- uh, Jodie Foster at home, declines to take her money, and drives off with a smile. Oh, yeah. That is Evan. What? Well, he anyway. gets all shot up. Yeah, but okay, yes, he's fine. I I just remembered him because he does like the he does like the thing to oh, his yeah, head. Oh yeah, he goes into a coma, but yes. then he awakes. Ex- sorry for misremembering. Yeah, uh, you're <laughs> at forgiven. I, at least I didn't fall for Taxi Driver Two being a musical. <laughs> Taxi Driver Two, Electric Boogaloo. What? Boo. Boo. Lord of the like, Rings. I'm driving a taxi. <laughs> I'm gonna save a child prostitute. What, is that, is that, what are they gonna sing about, huh? Scorsese is going to write himself in to say the N-word again, which happens. Ah, uh, Martin. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings stars Elijah Wood as Frodo Baggins, Ian McKellen as Gandalf the Grey, Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn, Sean Astin as Samwise Gamgee. Gamgee. Gamgee, sorry. Sean Bean as Boromir, Billy Boyd as Peregrine him. Took. I did watch this one. Dominic Monaghan <laughs> as, one. as what? Mary, John Rhys-Davies as Gimli. Yeah. Orlando Bloom as Legolas mm. or Legolas, Liv Tyler as Arwen, Kate Blanchett as Galadriel, Christopher Lee as Saruman the White, Hugo Weaving as Elrond, Ian Holm as Bilbo Baggins, Andy Serkis as Gollum, directed by Peter Jackson, screenplay written by Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens and Jackson, cinematography from Andrew Lesney, edited by John Gilbert, and music by Howard Shore, and my God, is it a masterpiece. We'll get into that How does the music go? Later. Sing it for me. I actually cannot... <laughs> Wait. Oh, that's wrong. Wait, that's that's <laughs> Legend of Zelda. Yeah, she got it, she got what? It. <laughs> no, it's like do 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 That's it. Or there's like the Rohan where it's like That's it. Like I was listening to I was like I was like, oh man, this music's awesome. Yeah. I was like, this music's awesome. And then the movie went off. I was like, wait, how'd it go? It's so okay, really though. The music the music is generally so much it's so it's more atmospheric than it is a beat. You know what I'm saying? Like Star Wars is both atmospheric but also like iconic simple notes where these is it's like Shore's like all right if I'm riding around on my horse in Middle Earth what do I want to hear in the background and then he mm-hmm. just puts that to screen and I think that's kind of why it's maybe less memorable beat wise however it is still obviously very very good the film released in December 20 or 19th of 2001 and then December 20th in New Zealand actually and it is 2 hours and 58 minutes which actually makes it the shortest film in the trilogy so, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. One could say it's the worst one, but it's still pretty dang good. No, Davis. it's awesome. Anna does not say it's the worst one. Anna does not. I mean, say like, worse is like a relative three amazing nine out of ten movies. Well, yeah, I know. Like in comparison, like yeah. it's a great movie. Like it's like, but like at the end of this one, I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of ready for this to be over. It, it's very exposition and very much it, 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 it is, is the setup. Right, film. It had to. Like I yeah. get why it is. It had to set everything up. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the third one. Oh, sorry, I'm kind of giving it away. Well, third one's the best one. I mean, I think I think it is a lot of setup, and it's it's a three hour, and which is why, one of the reasons that I love it though. Upon watching it back, because when I was a kid, it was my least favorite. Because obviously, Helm's Deep is enough to. I mean, it's. I mean, we're gonna get into that when we get into that, won't we? Yeah. And then Return of the King is Return of the King, one of the most nonstop movies I've ever seen in my life, and I it's still it. three hours and twenty minutes. So good. But with Fellowship. You know, I was thinking about it at the beginning, right, Diaz? Because the beginning, you know, the opening sequence that's like the whole story of the rings, Sauron, and then Gollum and everything, it goes a little long. But I'm thinking if any other movie written by anybody else without Howard Shore score and without the cast that is literally 10 out of 10 at every position, just like we talked about with Harry Potter, they did not miss at any point here, at any point, 
it saves it. Like, is the opening um, expedition a little tough? Yeah, except visually it's gorgeous. Howard Shore delivers a great score, and Kate Blanchett is awesome. So then, yeah. what do you get? You just get a great scene, followed by another great scene, like when Aragorn is explaining what the Nazgul are, and it's like, okay, this is literally like, a, these are our foes, this is how they became our foes. Yeah. Like, it violates a lot of the exposition rules, but since it's Viggo Mortensen, and since it's Howard Shore, and since they dub in some Nazgul sounds in the background, it's awesome. And that that's how I found this film over and over again, is as a kid, yes, because it's a lot of, especially once you've watched them all, you don't really need to learn about all these things the first time over. But having not watched these specifically, I hadn't watched this one in a long time. I didn't remember the first hour of the movie, really. I was like, whoa. I forgot that they captured Gollum and tortured him for the location. I don't know how I didn't put that together. Or again, that Gollum ends up following them and everything like that. It's just really, really good. It's and it so might just good. be weaker because it's. It is. It feels the longest of the three, I would say, because it is a lot yes. slower pace, which is which is fine. I don't which really is what mind. it has to do, because it, it, which is why I appreciate it, because Tolkien, of course, he wrote you know such an incredible story, and Jackson could have just you know jumped a few points and gotten to where he wanted to be, which is the Helm's Deep scene and Return of the Return of the King are your selling points to make this trilogy. It's like because you know that movie, Return of the King's gonna make your money. You know Helm's Deep is gonna freak people out. But Jackson, rather than just jumping to that point, said, I'm going to take my time to set this up. And it makes everything down the line so much more worth it. Because like Frodo and Sam don't have a lot of scenes in the movie in the first one. But what they do have helps set up everything that goes on in the next two films. It's pretty much the perfect setup movie ever. Yes. I yes. mean, as, ter- as terms of like really wanting, knowing where you want to go. Because there's so many movies that have been great solos that have turned into series. We've talked about it with Alien. Mm-hmm. New Hope is another great example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But this film, it was supposed to set up things, and it does it so well. Yes. Like we were talking about earlier, the world building. Oh, yeah. Tolkien's I mean, it's so just good. crazy. Tolkien's just great at that in general. Is it Tolkien? I thought it's Tolkien. I say Tolkien. I don't know. It doesn't right. really matter. He's not alive. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I'm kidding, because uh, the Tolkien estate is very much still alive, and they will shoot <laughs> they, you down. So I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. They could be I'm listening. They, I mean, they, they are actually very, very active. <laughs> yes. So that's that's a joke and not. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for Tolkien, because he probably has the most interesting lore and world building, and it's inspired literally every other fantasy world after, like, fantasy writing ever after. Yeah. Like, elves in general, Tolkien. Like, thank Tolkien for that. Dwarves and really how they... Like, just the, the dynamic of dwarves and elves and men being around and orcs, that's Tolkien. Like, every like Skyrim, Tolkien. Thank Tolkien for that. Like, yeah. Skyrim's basically just Lord of the Rings game. They, I'm pretty sure it was going to be a Lord of the Rings game before they made it Skyrim. Really? I Interesting. Th- look that up. Interesting. I will look that Jamie, up, while, look you, that up. Well, you keep on going. Um, <laughs> Tolkien, he originally started out as, like, a, a linguistics professor, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's cool. And he was like, you know, I have an idea for this little fun book. And he started writing. He's like, you know what? I have an idea for this fun little language for this book. And he made an entire language, yeah. entire new alphabet and stuff. And it looks f- phenomenal. Yeah, I saw a meme about that where it was like, like people going through and then with Tolkien, he was like, hmm, I have this cool language. Maybe I should make a book around it. Yes. And then, <laughs> okay, so it, I don't, it probably wasn't. Well, I don't know if it's I, true or not. It was a meme. But I, memes have truth in them. And Tolkien, I mean, it's just. And again, I think, I think it's such right. a perfect like, pairing. Oh, I'm, idea for a language. I'm gonna write a book about it. I mean, and it's it is so funny. no. I mean, even you want to talk about Tolkien's invention of those language definitely inspires the depth that Game of Thrones went with their invention. I mean, they had a whole linguist on set of the show yes. to you build Dothraki or and Valer- Valyrian uh, versus Old Valyrian versus High Valyrian. There's all sorts of dialects there, 
And how could that not be inspired by Tolkien's level of detail in um, in these films? And I think it really is the fact that Tolkien gives you a great base. And I think, again, like as we saw with this studio and a certain director trying to take similar works in a different direction, The Hobbit, um, Jackson does it so well here, though, because he dedicates so many scenes to just setting up that world, so many cuts to... People at the inn, um, whatever, I can't remember what it was called, the flying. The prancing pony. Prancing pony, right? Just mm-hmm. random shots of that, wide shots of them traveling. The fact that when the guy opens the door to the, the window to the gate, he has a second one for shorter <laughs> beings funny. and stuff. Yeah. That, that, you for a little that's, a gr- that's a great detail to have that didn't need to be there, but it is because they spent so much time and effort into making this worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And it's not seen nowadays in adaptations because adaptations right now, it's just. Let's capitalize on the name. Yeah. This was Lord of the Rings had been out for I don't know how. how it came I mean, out in the sixties, right? The, the, the this Hobbit came out before it, and the Cimmerillion I think might have also come out. And they done that weird one in Russia, right? There's that weird Russian Lord of the Rings and well, the they, animated. They made, they made a play, I think they did. Well, the, yeah. So David Bakshi did it, who did Felix the Cat, and he did another one. That I, can, I saw it. He was like a famous cartoonist, kind of. Uh, controversial as well in the cartoon scene and he made the Lord of the Rings movie I'm pretty sure and the way he did it is he just traced people because he wasn't good at drawing real people so. interesting but then also there was the Russian one and then I think it was make sure I'm right about the David Bakshi thing it's something Bakshi B-A-K-S-H-I um I'm Ralph, sorry, Ralph Bakshi. I, I was still looking it up. So Skyrim was not going to be a Lord of the Rings game. Elder be? Scrolls was not. It's just going to be Elder Scrolls, but it is heavily based off the J.R.R. Tolkien writings. I feel and like such. there was some like famous game that was originally going to be Lord of the Rings. I feel like I'm, maybe I'm making that up. Yeah. So Ralph Bakshi did make the Lord of the Rings movie in 1978. wasn't very good because uh, he had no idea what the movie. He, he had no idea what it was about. So he was like, okay, I'll just animate it for you. And then there was the Soviet television play miniseries yeah. Guardians of the Ring. Um, that is well an interesting one to say the least. And actually, so Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings volumes were published in the fifties. In fact, okay. Oh, but again, wow. I think late. it's just such detail from Peter Jackson and and the crew that make it so. And again, when you hit the mark on every single casting. Over and over and over again. I mean, what are you gonna do when you? I mean, you've got Ian McKellen and Christopher Lee going toe to toe twice, and it's only twice, but it still is almost scene stealers because it's Christopher Lee and Ian McKellen, two of the better actors of the last hundred years at this point. Both very, very, very talented. I've got a whole story about all the different casting decisions. For example, I don't know if you knew this, but Sean Connery was approached for the role of um, Gandalf, but he didn't understand the plot. And then Patrick Stewart... <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I'm trying to see, I'll see if I can do it. Sean Connery. Uh, I can't do it. That's more like Nick Cage. But just imagine the Sean Connery voice being like, <laughs> I can't do it. Just, just imagine his voice in any line in this movie. It, it is quite hysterical. And then Patrick Stewart turned it down because he disliked the script. Dang. And then Patrick McGowan was offered the role but turned it down due to health issues. Christopher Plummer also turned it down. Sam Neill was offered it. But Sam Neill? For he, Gandalf? But he declined due to his scheduling conflict. For the Jurassic Park 2? Jurassic Park 3. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. So then... Before being cast, McKellen had to sort his schedule with 20th Century Fox, and there was a two-month overlap with X-Men, and he based his accent on Tolkien himself, and unlike his screen character, McKellen did not spend too much time with the actors playing the Hobbits. Instead, he worked with their scale doubles. That's very interesting. Yeah. So that's cool. that's just one story about there, there of which there are many. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
As for the options for Aragorn, would you like to hear some of these? Yeah. This is the only time we're going to go through these because the, the, the cast remains the same. No. Damn. The first per person to be offered DiCaprio. the part at the beginning of pre-production was Daniel Day-Lewis. That would have been cool. That would have been crazy. I, but he turned it down. I believe he was doing Gangs in New York around this time, which still a pretty great role on his part. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis is him. Uh, about Viggo Mortensen getting it. Like, when I think of, like, if you if you would ask me, like, who's Aragorn? I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Viggo Mortensen. But, like, it, this isn't Viggo Mortensen to me. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I know he plays Aragorn, but like it's not Viggo Mortensen. To me. It, I agree because when I've seen his other roles, I'm like that. Like I know that's Aragorn, but like that's not Aragorn. I, I can't explain it. Like he's Viggo Mortensen, and other guys Aragorn. It's a credit to I, him. I can't explain it. Uh, I so really cannot. You know, you know people who would not have fallen into that character as such. Uh, Nicholas Cage was offered the Steve's role, no. yeah, Steve's but on. he declined because of family obligations. While Vin Diesel, a fan of the book, auditioned <laughs> for. <laughs> Okay, I thought you oh, said you got off. Oh, my goodness. So, Stuart Townsend, who I'm not super familiar with, was cast in the role before being replaced during filming when Jackson realized he was too young. Ouch. Stuart Townsend. Russell Crowe was considered as a replacement, but turned it down because he does not want to be typecast and believed it was too similar to a role in Gladiator. Daniel Day-Lewis was offered the role a second time and declined <laughs> again. Is he British? Desperation. Is he British? Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to do it. I don't want this role. Stop bringing it to me. <laughs> and then executive producer Mark Ordesky saw Mortensen in a play. Mortensen's son, a fan of the book, convinced him to take the role. Mortensen read the book in our plane, received a crash course lesson in fencing for Bob Anderson, and began filming the scenes on Weathertop. Mortensen became a hit with the crew by patching up his costume and carrying his hero sword around with him off camera. Love it. Awesome. He's And this is even, this is, I would say... Only his weakest of the three movies, just because he's not given as much to do, because there's so many other characters and storylines going on. But yeah. he still has great moments. His goodbye with Frodo at the very oh. end is like wowzer. So good. So so good. friends. And this is oh, what this is you what you know. No one, <laughs> I couldn't harness as much with so other good. with other movies, but with this one is that it harnesses the fact that these dudes are them. You know what I mean? Like Aragorn is. That oh, guy, awesome. <laughs> Legolas is that dude. Alex, have you played the Shadow of Mordor games? I have not, but I have played have um, okay. two games: Lord of the Rings: War in the North, which is a legendary. Is I it love just like that battle, game. Battlefront, but Lord no, that's Rings? Lord of the Rings: Conquest, which okay. is an all-time great game. War in the North is like some prequel series where you're a bunch of other characters and you like pick if you want to be a dwarf, oh, a mage, cool. an cool. elf, or a warrior, and you like fight Sauron's like. It's a it's really cool campaign, actually, because it's like had, all in like the northern area of Middle-earth. I had a Lord of the Rings Game Boy game that I could never beat, and I had no idea what was happening. But I just remember, like, I can I remember some of the sounds, and, like, I'd play as Gimli, and, like, you'd destroy the, the, the barrels, and, like, I remember how they fell. It, was, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't a good game. As a kid, I thought it was impossible. I could not beat it. It yeah. was fun, though. I had fun. Tremendous. I think... Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say on this movie other than it's just awesome. Like it, it does it all so well. I don't know if anybody has any particular scenes that really stand out to them. Of For course, the first one. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. The Balrog and the entire, oh, yeah. the oh. entire sequence in Khazad Doom. I think yes. any of the the ones where Gandalf's seeing the ring and like the first few times he sees it and he's like terrified of it. He's like, don't tempt me, Frodo. Yeah, because he's Frodo like, I like, would use it for good, but yeah. it would harness my own power, yeah. basically is what yeah. he says, which is so Bilbo good. Bilbo Baggins! Oh my gosh, when that Terrifying. happened. It's like, Oof. you know, because I'm watching it, right? I'm watching it uh, a few nights ago and I'm like, sort of, you know, okay, exposition, Bilbo's here. But then when that scene happened, I like turned back to my my screen. I was like, okay, hold There's up now. There's so many good, well, like the one where they're, they're all fighting at the Council of Elrond and then Brodo's like, I'll take it. And then you can see like the pain on Gandalf's yes, face when he's, he's like, like, oh, no. man. Ian McKellen is him, man. I mean, so he's good. Just like that so scene, good. 
might be my I think I'll say that's my favorite but then like obviously when Gandalf dies and Frodo's like no but I think when Boromir dies I he agree. keeps getting up and keeps fighting and then even though Pip and Mary gets taken he's protecting them I think that's a Probably second best scene. And I think Sean Bean was great for this role. He, actually, Bruce Willis was a big fan of the novel and uh, made a run at it. And Liam Neeson was also sent the script, but he passed on. And then Sean Bean gets selected for it. And I think he was a great choice for it. I think you really hit the nail on the head right there. I really loved the mines scene just because how it sort of evolves mm-hmm. oh, what happened cool. to the dwarves. Because it yeah. doesn't give it to you immediately. Like, you know, Gandalf kind of is like, we're not going to go to the mines, but why? I do wonder how Gimli just didn't know. I guess communication to Middle-earth is not well, he, Wasn't he like, he was away from his kinsfolk? Well, no, no, he was, with, he was with, because he went with a couple dwarves to the council. It's just at a different spot, because the dwarves were all spread amounts amongst mountain. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, his yeah. cousin ran the mines of Moria. Yes, if, he, just, he didn't live there. If I remember correctly, the dwarf that they find the grave for, he's one of the ones from um, The Hobbit. He is, exactly. Oh, really? Ballin. Yeah. That's pretty yes. cool. Which was like, the brother, right, of the guy that was carrying around. And he's like, oh, this is my wee lad Gimli. Or, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. I believe, I believe oh, I so, yes. I, I left the Hobbit in the theater. I yeah, uh, we'll, we'll certainly get to that when we is get there. Is that the one that we're like, oh, all these drawers are ugly, except this one's hot. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, drawers are so short and ugly, except, except this one's this hot. Guy, this, guy, cool. this guy is a smoke show, everybody. Dying. Well, I- speaking <laughs> of the Hobbit, um, I thought it was really funny how Gandalf brought a dragon firework to Bilbo's oh, birthday. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're like that's like if you had like a firework of a car rear ending me really hard. I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, like, just a there are no dragons in the Shire, and then it's like, wait, there is one. That was such a realistic firework. It wasn't. How, it? Yeah. Did he make that first of all? Or do you go like buy those? Like like at the the the. I'm trying to think of something funny. Like the, the fireworks, the store? big morgue, the black morgue fireworks stand. So oh yeah, definitely. Get that. Uh, yeah. The black cat fireworks in Mobile. Oh, the stand. Yeah. there you go. There you go. There I don't know. It's just in Mobile, but like the morgue isn't that the thing they're riding on? The morgue riders. What? Morgue. Morgue. Morog. Those things that the orcs were riding on. They were like big cats. Oh no! It starts morgues. with the W. I thought. Wargs. Hold on. No, wargs is uh is something else. I think it's a morgue. I, I, I don't know. I'm looking it up. However, um, I really do again want to say that I love the entire more. the entire sequence with the mines, the way they sort of unfold the mystery of what happened, the fact that they find that it's book. It's a work, yeah. Oh yeah, work. there you go. I was close. I just was close. Maybe I'm just dyslexic, dyslexic or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey man, who knows? I also again just talking about that, and then of course the Balrog appears, and it looks great. Oh, by the way, the visual effects for this is still Why so good. Have a whip. Is that like evolutionary? What's the deal with that? <laughs> Evolutionary? Yeah, like, was, like I'm gonna throw the, like my ball rocks at, at the beginning of time. They just didn't have a whip, but they found like ones that have whips. Uh, it's well, I mean, it's like how did orcs like a, get weapons? It's like a demon. I'm just, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow, Davis, you are truly, truly hopeless. And I also love the what? Wow, I love the "You shall not pass" uh, so sequence. Good. The That's whole speech of where he's like, iconic. "I am, I am a." Oh, I have it written down. I am a servant of the secret fire, wielder of the flame, Anor. The dark fire will not avare you, flame of Uldun. Go back to the shadow. You shall you not shall pass. shall not. Go ahead. Pass. Yeah, 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 you got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> and then I love how, you know, again, when you have such an asset as Howard Shore's music, which is throughout the film and it permeates mm-hmm. every amazing scene, the absence of it is so noted because the entire Khazad Doom scene is bookended by his incredible score, but the moment Gandalf gets pulled down, the music cuts. Oh, so good. And, no! and, and there are some cheesy, like, you know, cut the audio so you can't hear anything silent, emotional scenes. also some scenes. slow-mo stuff. Some slow-mo stuff. And Frodo going, ah! I have a controversial opinion. Oh, go ahead. 
while technically like for like effects and like like how everything looks being practical Peter Jackson's awesome but I don't think he's that amazing of a director. The editing is a little is a little like wa- editing shot composition. I think line reading's fine enough. Like everybody's acting well enough, but like I don't think Peter Jackson's that phenomenal of a director. But I, I will give him as much credit as possible for like all the practical effects and how everything looks and, and everything details. was adapt, adapted because he's obviously a fan of the source material and I think it's pretty cool how everything is. But like agree. editing wise, some of the fights I think is are editing kind of weird. They're very choppy when they're mm. when people are talking as choppy like that. Like it'll cut around a lot when it doesn't need to. I don't think. And I think like if you had like, imagine if like Roger Deakins was a cinematographer on this, it'd be even the most beautiful movie of all time. I mean, it'd be like the Green Knight or something. But he wasn't. Who was yeah. cinematographer? I, I think um, the cinematographer was handled by Andrew Lesney. I'm not familiar with their work in full, but. Again, even despite all that, Davis, this movie, which cost $93 million, which is not cheap, but for a film such as this, which made $898.2 million at the box office, it was the second highest grossing film of 2001. I wonder what the highest grossing film of that year was. I have a few more things about this movie before we move on. But if oh, the highest grossing film of that year was, was The Philosopher's Stone, Harry Potter. Oh. Go ahead, Davis. Uh, just a few things that I took note of throughout the movie that I thought were funny. Uh, the fact that the when, movie is really funny, by the way, it's times. pretty funny. When Gandalf, like when Saruman catches Gandalf, first of all, when he spins him on the ground, it's pretty funny. But the fact <laughs> he's like, "Oh man, I gotta trap this guy. I just put him on top of the building." Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing better. There's nowhere better you could put him. They just throw him on top of the. How do you get up there? It makes for a cool shot. There's though. no like trap door or anything. How do you get him up there? I don't Magic. know. Like it, levitate him because he's Magic. like throwing him up to the ceiling, <laughs> so and then like the next time we see him, he's, he's just, just he's just he's just out. chilling. <laughs> Yeah, there's no prison in that tower. There's no like jail cell. Like up oh, top of the building. Maybe imagine, like, imagine if he like stole from him. Top of the building. I don't know. Maybe he was trying to keep him there with his magic or something. Yeah, it, it's. I thought it was funny, but also when the first time you see Hugh, uh, Elrond Hugo Weaving, like his face fades in, the funniest shot of all. It is so funny. <laughs> I like burst out laughing when I saw. It. Wait, wait, is this when they see him at Rivendell or when they when see him? When he goes him? like. I don't know what he's oh, he goes wait, like yeah. Frodo. Or, yeah, I don't know when, what he says like his face like, Frodo. Yes. His, his face like fades in. It's very and 2000s. Like, <laughs> so this film again, the fifth highest grossing film of all time at the time of its release, uh widely recognized one of the best and most influential films in history. It was nominated for 13 Oscars. Oh wow. It won four of those Academy Awards, the winning categories Davis, best visual effects, mm-hmm. best makeup, best original score, and best cinematography. I mean like it's fine, but I feel like it could be how I would do it. Would be a lot more like artsy, artistic. I guess it, that's just my personal preference. It was also nominated for best actor in a supporting role. Ian McKellen got that nod. Best art direction, best director, best film editing, which is again interesting. Best original song um, for May It Be. Best picture nomination, best sound, best costume design, and best adapted screenplay. I want to see if I can find what who it lost to at the the Academy Awards that year for best picture, just because I'm really curious. The best picture winner was A Beautiful Mind. Interesting. Ugh. I haven't seen that movie, so I can't. I can't it's say. Like nobody's gonna go back and watch that. What else was nominated Best Picture that year? Uh, Gosford Park. <laughs> in, the, up. in the bed. <laughs> in the bedroom. The Fellowship of the Ring and Mol- Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Is it Moulin Rouge? Yes. yes. That's Baz Luhrmann. M O U L I N Moulin. It's French. Oh, Moulin Rouge. Moulin it means Rouge. Red Mill. Okay, well that's interesting. Uh, so, as as, in, as <laughs> Alex in that, hates other languages. No, a very no, as in that it got nominated oh is what I mean. It's good. Why is it surprising it's a it got as well. nominated? 
Just because I because they can't because pro- they can't pronounce it. No, like, you reacted to two other movies, y'all. So I'm just saying, Lord have mercy. Anyways, is there anything you want to say before we move on from Fellowship of the Rings? Uh, we do have two I other would. movies to go. There's a few fun facts, but guys. Yeah, Anna, you oh. We have an hour left to discuss these next two movies. We're, we're gonna be quick, man. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um. Okay. It's just like one long movie anyway. So my favorite part of the Fellowship of the Ring is when they get to Rivendell mm-hmm. and everything's just so pretty. Oh, it's and so it's nice. And it's just like, so, they have the music yeah. and I'm like, that to me, when I think of the Fellowship of the Ring, I think of like that, like, I don't know, like 20 minute part yeah. where they're just hanging in Rivendell. Yeah. And I like, will take it. I love like the big uh, statues and stuff too and like yes. how clean it looks and how tall it is. It looks so cool. The elves are tall and stuff. It's very well designed. Yes, especially because they just went from... Um, the Shire? No, no, no. no they were no, at... The, they were at Burke? The, no. Bur- isn't it Bree? Yeah. Bree, yes. Where it's like raining all yeah, the time. Really muddy. And so you went from that to like something that's really opulent. Yeah. Oh, and, so cool. Uh, I would love to just kick it there. Bilbo was kicking it there. For real. I love I love seeing him and seeing how the age had affected him and all that. And so the that jump really scare. Cool. <laughs> oh my gosh, this the, the like CGI makeup and he was like, Give it to me or whatever. That, that was oh that's gosh. not that was not great. They have uh, the Lego figurine of that <laughs> where he has the two sided face. That's pretty funny. 10 out of 10. That's, pr- that's pretty excellent. Uh, Vigo Mortensen, when Boromir gets shot and then that guy throws a knife at him and he just hits that knife, he just actually did that. It's a fun fact for you. If you didn't oh, that's know. cool. He's so like, awesome. Like one take, he was like, whoop, he just, just did that. Vigo is him, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. Do we want to give this movie a rating and move Eight. on to the next two? 8 out yeah. of 10. Anna? 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I'm, listen, I'm not mad at that. Hey, I mean, I don't, I don't I'll mind. watch. This is my favorite one out of the three. It's something that I could like watch on its own and just like be content. Interesting. I'll give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think it's really good. I think there's again there's some cutting things and again the some rough CGI shots here and there. But again yeah. 2001, I can ex- accept most of it except the Bilbo shot. Anyway, why don't we go ahead and move on to Lord of the Rings the Two Towers, which came out in <laughs> which came out in 2002. Pouring salt on the wound there, guys. Okay, wow. <laughs> I want to talk soon. about, I want to talk about Andy Serkis, who's cast as Gollum because he has a, a larger role in this. I was going to make this. a joke there. It might be too. Too soon. Yeah, don't do that. Too soon. Circus was working on a 1999 <laughs> six-episode Oliver Twist miniseries when his agent told him that Jackson wanted him wanted to approach him as Gollum. Despite ultimately accepting the role, Circus was initially doubtful about taking the part as one of his Oliver Twist fellow actors opined that it wasn't a good idea if his face wasn't going to appear on screen. Aside that, Jackson was unsure if Gollum could be portrayed with motion capture performance as they was wished. Go- he was in the first one, wasn't he? I mean, like, yeah. he was like, in, like, like in the shadow eyes. shots. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it wasn't right. What they, they were clearly, in my opinion, yeah. were spending that time working on it and perfecting it. And again, it ends up being well, incredible. Yeah, you hear him like, Pagan, Shire! Shire! And you also see him in the mines when yeah, uh, Gandalf and Frodo are like, oh, yeah, he's been following like, us for that? three days. And Gandalf is like, that like poor Scala. creature. And all this stuff. And then he's like, it was pity that saved him. Exactly. Ooh. Bernard Hill as King Theoden, the king of Rohan. And then Miranda Otto as so Eowyn. What? When he looks all old, it's really funny to me. Yeah. David Wynnum as Faramir. Uh, Brad Dorif as Grimma Wormtongue. Carl oh, Urban as Eomir. And then, sh- let's see, Craig Parker as Haldir. John Lay as Ama. Bruce Hopkins as Gambling. And then... It, so is the steward of Gondor not in this movie yet? No, he should have been the third one. Yeah, right, right. Because we don't. We don't that guy's that. annoying. Uh, yes, I agree. <laughs> Peter Jackson. You don't see Gondor at all until the third one. Ex- well, you do see it briefly in the first one. Remember, because because um, that's where Gandalf goes to do some research. 
And you oh, see like, does he go to Gollum? Like, no, that's the extended no. version. No, that is, isn't it? No, I when he goes to look through all the scrolls. Books. Yep, and that stuff? is in the movie. I didn't know that, that was in the original Gondor. cut. Oh. It, it is Gondor because he because he sees Mordor's like fire growing on the hill because Gondor's right there, and and it's basically like it's it clear they hadn't built the set yet because it's like one really close shot of him like walking through like a hallway and then he's down then he's like away from the giant white city basically. Mm. This film again released in two, 2002, December 18th, 2002, released in the U.S. while going um, in New Zealand on December 19th. And just a minute longer at 2 hours and 59 minutes, and it cost only $1 million more. A lot of the same crew with the addition of Stephen Sinclair on the writing team and Michael J. Horton on the editing team this time around. Yeah, this movie, it really knows how to up the stakes, I think. Yes. Especially seeing it in connection with the first film um, and how, like, the first film teases a lot of things like Rohan and mm-hmm. Rohan, whatever, same thing. Um, it's just, yeah, I I think it's a, a brilliant sequel. And, and, again, it's all building to that third film, which is the main event of the evening. Yes. But Building it, the tension. Exactly. I didn't realize Helm's Deep was in this one when I was rewatching him. And when you get there, you're like, Oh, this is so good. I mean, like I knew, like I remember Helm's Deep. That's like the one, not the one thing I remember about this movie. But I thought it was in the next one. If it was in the next one, there, there I kind of forgot about the fight for Gondor. Frankly, that one's so good. Though. I mean, like it is. It was awesome. But I guess I just remembered Helm's Deep more. Helm's Deep is probably the greatest battle sequence more in the iconic. history of of cinema. This isn't the one where they're throwing the heads over, is it? No, no that is that is um, the third one, Return okay. of the King. They actually just did that. They found some extras. They're like, well, <laughs> guess, guess you're going under, guys. Oh this Down is the one go. where they build like the little ladders and stuff, and they're climbing yeah. the wall, and then they have that like bomber dude. Yes, exactly. It's the one where it's raining the whole time. Yeah. And he's like, yes. hold, and that old guy's like, Ugh. and he lets it go, and he kills the guy. Exactly, and then he's like, is this it? Is this all you can conjure, Saruman? And then the music just starts going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> which, is this the one that Saruman dies in which one? This one? He dies technically at the beginning of the next one, but it's wait. cut. He dies? Well, I'll, I'll yes. Wait. Yeah, in the lore, he's di- he, in the lore, worm, uh, worm Tongue actually stabs him in the back. Oh. And he falls. Because in the Lord of the Rings Conquest story mode video game, there you, go. you see- Wait, why does Worm Tongue do that? Um- I don't remember. He's good now. He gets kicked out. Um. Well, like, it's that Saruman threat- threatens him, I think. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I It wasn't in the movie, so- but basically, the movie they opt for just keeping him like locked away in his tower. They kind of loosely talk about it at the beginning of Return of the King. But I mean, this movie it has two incredible, three incredible plots side by mm-hmm. side. That's the thing is the first film is basically one big congruent plot where everyone's together, and then you separate it. You've got Frodo and Sam and their little tango with Gollum. To be quite, that's how I would honestly describe it in terms of how their characters interact. And then also you get a sort of a check in with Gondor and Faramir there for a moment. And then you also go into Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli searching for Merry and Pippin while also simultaneously being just the holy trinity of orc killers. <laughs> and then, of course, lastly, you've got the story at Isengard, which is really, really well done and looks really, really good and is just awesome. What you looking for, Davis? A pen. Don't worry about pen. it. Just keep going. Don't keep worry. talking. I have a pen. Okay. I guess I'll keep talking. Well, what would you really like about this movie, Davis? What if I, you know what? Fine, get your pin. I got it handled. Uh, he's throwing me all off my game. Oh my goodness. <laughs> of uh, of, um, of the ints. They're of, cool. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Treebeard. Because okay. <laughs> he was like, "Don't call me a tree." Yeah. Well, my friends call me Treebeard. I feel like that was a. And then it was like he was. <laughs> like... He, made it, he made it seem like tree was a slur. And he's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, my name's Slurbeard." <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I've forgotten about that. That's pretty funny. I guess it's like a difference in sentience. 
It is pretty cool, though, I will say. Um, just that entire development there. I'm a little confused about why they, you know, didn't activate, like, during the first movie. You know what I mean? Because, like, now they're, they're what do you living. mean activate? As in, like, why didn't they come alive and start, you know, swinging? Well, they only they only went and did that because M- Pippin, like, tricked them to go see all the trees die. Yeah, they were, okay. so their forest wasn't being invaded oh, yet. Oh, I misunderstood. Yeah, because he was like, yeah, it's been quiet, and, like, the the fellas were like, um, yeah, they've been like killing lots of trees over there, and then he's like, what? That's and then right. that's when they had the tree council, but then it was like take. They were like, yeah, well, maybe um, finish this up in a hundred years. Yeah, oh, man, Lord of the Rings Conquest. Uh, I kind of want to play that now. Is uh, it just like Battlefront? Yes, and when you when you do Isengard, if you get enough points, your special character is being one of the trees. <gasps> Let's go. It's that game is is truly. Second to none, one of the craziest games I've ever played in my life. I love it. It's it is it is the golden goose that I've been searching for. My, you know, I found it once at a game exchange, Ooh. and they're like, "We don't have the disc here," and I'm like, "What? what? <laughs> How did you find it there? Like they, the like, case? The, yeah." So they they don't put the discs in the case. They like have them in like a vault, so people Bro. can just walk out. Oh. It's in a drawer. That's like that's false advertising. It's in a drawer. <laughs> it's called dramatic <laughs> dramatic effect. No, 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 don't try that on me. The, do they have a line in this like, oh, your powers don't work on me, wizard? I don't know. I just thought of something. You can get it for like $5 on eBay. Really? 20 actually. <laughs> okay. You can get it on DS for 20 bucks. Hey, man. Well, Whoa. I don't have a DS. $25 for Xbox 360. Well, I do not have a DS. I literally just gave you- Oh, wait. Xbox 360. Okay, I'm a little stupid. Uh, a little, yeah. Whoa, okay. brother. What? A little. What do you Alex, mean? Alex earlier called me stupid or something, no, right? I, no, yeah. I didn't. Yes, I don't think I did. You, you called me weak-willed <laughs> for the joke. But then he <laughs> said you were his friend that he'd stick yes. through it with the end, and then you're like, Davis, you're so mean. That's a, thank you, Anna. I'm glad we got Anna on this episode. Oh, thanks. So glad to be here. I, like I could have planned it. Well, like if I had known you're coming on, I would have put you into my script for the intro. But That's Alex okay. was like, oh yeah, by the way, Anna's gonna be here. <laughs> Sorry, the I'll two be, towers. I'll be the Smeagol to your Frodo and Sam. Ooh. Who's who's who? Who do you think's who? I feel like Alex would be Frodo and you'd be Sam. That's oh, true. Thank you. Thank you. Davis would carry me up a mountain. Yeah, Heck yeah. I wouldn't carry Davis up a mountain. I, want, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about. I guess I can talk about Sam now because I love Sam. He's yes. Sean Astin's awesome. Sean Astin is. He, he should got nominated for something for this. Yeah, I think. Yeah, potato. Probably for the third one. It for specifically, but like I feel like they're not really in the third one as much as this. Because one. there's just such so many yeah. things going on in the third one. It is a bit. Well, like he's the best in the third. On the point of being distracting in and the he third like, one in he a good like way. Gives the ring back and he's like, mm. I can't carry the ring for you. But I but can't I can carry, carry you. you. We're getting there, he's guys. He's not even British. We are getting there. But he sounds like his accent's good. It is good. They are, they all really do sound great. And oh, he's so good. This film, Two Towers, it made nine hundred thirty six million dollars worldwide, making it the highest grossing film of two thousand two and the third highest grossing film of all time, behind just Titanic and Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Following subsequent releases, it gro- it reached up to nine hundred and forty seven. Million dollars. It was nominated for only six awards at the next Oscars, which I think that was that's voter fatigue. Because yeah, that's you're like telling half me there's like the a because you're telling me there's like a drop from the first. Mm. Just, just guys, if a movie has the best visual effects three years in a row, maybe just give it the award three years <laughs> in a row. I'm sorry, like like if Howard Shore is cooking for three straight years, maybe just let Howard Shore cook for three straight years and move on. He got like, nominated. Did it get nominated? Did, did, I mean, at least got nominated for like best picture and stuff each time, including best picture. It won best sound editing and best visual effects again. Okay, so the visual effects one. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like you can really give visual effects to anybody else on a on a movie at this scale that looks this yeah. good. Still, why don't I look at the some nom- of the some of the makeup? Kind of looks a little like old. Like you can tell it's early two thousands, but like it, you can tell what they are. They look yeah. good. It was like not nominated for best good. makeup actually. But, at, but you know what I mean? Awards. Yeah. 
And best visual effects, it was between this, Spider-Man, or Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. <gasps> no. Okay. The clones look good in that one. And, like, the battle... If you'd let me finish before you start making a face, Alex. I'm Alex is always face. making faces at me. Like <laughs> making I'm a googly stupid eyes person. Oh yeah, he won't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier when I said beat him off, and he got, he wished. <laughs> um, like when the when the clones are battling in the dust and they're shooting the lasers at each other. It's too bad the rest of that movie looks terrible. Oh yeah, I mean, the, yeah. The backgrounds like, are horrible. Like when it's all CG. But when it's blended, ah! I saw there's a lot of tweets recently about the new Mandalorian episode with Lizzo and Jack Black and how bad it looks. How badly framed it is. And George Lucas would be like, this is awesome. (laughs) He's still alive, but the tweet made made, thought he was dead. Yeah, it's like George Lucas rolling in his grave and everyone's like, oh. He was getting pizza in that documentary. of George Lucas going, what? Have you ever seen that documentary where he just like walks through the scene? I've heard of it. I've not seen it though. I haven't seen the doc. I've just seen the clip. So this film again only got nominated for six awards. I'm trying to find which six they were. I believe it was Best Picture nominee, Best Art Direction, um, Best Film Editing, and Best Sound. Again, it won for Visual Effects and Best Sound Editing. No nomination for Best Score. What? is crazy because this is the film when the uh, score of Rohan debuts, and it might as well be the greatest thing. I messed it up again. No, you got yeah right. Well, that's the Shire that, That's one. like Evan Star, but well, no, Evan Star's different. Evan Star's in this movie, and Evan Star's awesome. Um, bad, bad opinions by the Academy yet again. Shock and awe to all. Which one best? Oh wait, this was the one when Daniel Day Lewis lost to Adrian Brody for uh, the P- the pianist. Uh, mm-hmm. I hate to bring it to you, but it was a good performance. He deserved it. No, I know. Um, but then he kissed Halle Berry. Movie, stage, I think please. I think we definitely have to talk about the fact that like Helm's Deep is is why you probably watch this movie just because yeah. it's. I mean, is it perfect? Helm's Deep? Or the, the action movie? sequence? Um, uh, might be perfect. For the yeah. most part. I it's think a l- there's a few parts where, like, maybe I could be like, eh, a little corny. Like when they just ride out and just mow them down. It's a little cheesy, but it's a fantasy film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they are... No, because I'm thinking of, like the, like, the comedy parts in it. Which, like, I guess I could do without, but, like, I don't mind the meaning that way. Like, he's like, you have to throw me. Which, well, like, yeah, but that was a funny callback to the first movie, man. I know, I know. It's so yeah. funny. Or... I yeah I think it's a I'm not gonna I I will rarely call something perfect and I, I well I think I'll just call this perfect because I think it looks incredible it, it it sells the emotional bits this is also I believe the only one of the three films that passes the Bechtel test because uh, there's um what is that that's uh, two female characters talking to each other without talking about a man is the yes big, and big key part of that and in this it's just um hush now darling because some baby's like crying and or some little girl's like crying because of the noise She's like don't make any noise and that's basically it so yeah congratulations um yeah i think it's Antiquated still test i mean i mean like i guess you could use it but then like what about like movies where it's just like one person it doesn't pass the bechdel test that's true well again that's the point is that you don't use it as an as an overarching like I think you could like ultimatum test, but it's 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 fun to apply sometimes to realize how many movies don't pass it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts we have to say on uh, the two towers? I know. Let's hear what Anna has to say. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, sorry. This one is more of like a blur for me. Interesting. For like, because I know like Mary and Pippin's plot pretty well. We haven't brought up the most important thing yet, though. Which is. You know what I'm gonna say. The toe. What? Oh yeah, when he breaks his toe. Yeah. Alex. Like you the said most... you were gonna bring oh. it up, so I was he gonna goes, bring ah! it up. 
Bring it up. Bring it up then. Oh my gosh. Bring it up then. Well, I don't have like the deets on it. You so, were like, I got okay, it. Okay, I got it. When they when they when they're looking for Mary and Pippin and they're like, oh man, the writers of Rohan are like, oh, we kill all these orcs. Sorry, we burned them all. We yeah. burned them all. We didn't see any little hobbits. And they went over there like, no, Mary and Pippin are dead. And then Viggo Mortensen Aragorn kicks like a head with the helmet on it, and he screams and he falls to the ground. And he did that because in that moment. He actually broke his toe, which is like the fun fact that everybody knows about this movie. Apparently, everybody. Alex forgot it. No, <laughs> I didn't forget it. I just was. I just thought. So honestly, can I tell you exactly where my mind went? Oh my gosh! Keep going, Alex. Davis, I'm trying some, to be. I try to be discreet so we, can keep the, so we can have a good flow <laughs> radio, so it sounds good. But Alex is like. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> I'm trying to be discreet you for you. You were confusing me. I didn't know what you... I thought like, I, my, I thought I, my I, water was I pointed was at his water. I did like a drink signal into me, and he went, huh? <laughs> Davis, I... How more clear could I be? I think this is pretty funny. Do you want me to like do sign language? I could like spell it out in sign language. But for can you. Alex read sign language? No, no I can't. Um, what I was saying... I've lost my train of thought now. It, oh, where my thought went the moment you said the toe was in Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End when that dude gets frozen and he just rips his toe off. Or when, or when, or when Jack has the toes around his neck. Yes, exactly. And he, and he bites one of the nails, man. It's crazy. Thank you, Alex, for that water break. You're welcome. I'm very dehydrated. I can, I can feel it in my mouth. You know what I mean? I, I assume you feel it there? Like, in my, like, like my mouth just feels like I need water. You know what I'm talking about? What could say it feels... Ooh. No, don't do that. This okay. is not ASMR. It's a podcast. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the one You're where wrong. it? <laughs> Actually, I'm Anna. Um, <laughs> uh, got him. Got him. Your mic's off now, Anna. That joke's got you 20 minutes of quiet. Oh wow! Time. He actually turned your mic. Off. He did turn it off. You're so mean. Uh, it's back on now. Continue yeah. your story. Is this please. the one where um, the it ends with Gollum leading? Uh, Frodo and Sam into the cave with the spider. Who That's I can't remember one. her name. She no, but they, it ends with them like leading into like that mountain area that they okay. are in for most of the third film. Okay. Wait, no, no, the, because it ends with. I want to say it ends with um, Frodo like thinking he sees Gollum talking about um, Davis. You saw it most recently. Uh, I'm trying to think. So after Helm's Deep. I don't know. <laughs> These are all like one long movie yeah, to me, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, I can. I know the plot, but I'm like, I don't know where it they see. Off. They see the Black Gate. Right, and Gollum's like, we have to take a different way around. I think that might have been in the third. No, it's in this movie. Yeah, and then they run into Boromir's brother. Yeah, that was before the Black Gate. No, that was after, I thought. Because mm, mm, <laughs> I oh, saw no. the Oliphants. Elephants. That was after the marsh that happened when, yeah, when the, Frodo fell into the water. The elephants are in the third movie. It's in the second one, too. They see him then because oh. they stop and look at him. He's like, the shot, people in the shot aren't going to believe this one. Mr. Oh, yeah, because they're seeing the caravan go through. Oh, gotcha. And that's gotcha. when Faramir catches them. No, at the end, Faramir lets them go and goes right. like, if you release these prisoners, we have to kill you. That's what happens. And then feeling betrayed, Gollum has a speech to himself where he decides he's going to take the one ring. And yep. that, and and then Absolutely. leads them just, in a deceptive no, route. Yeah, memory right there. No, is this the scene where he's just like, "You don't have any friends." Yes, where he's like talking to himself in like the in like the water. It's man, Andy <laughs> Circus, dude. Andy Circus is great. Ex- can we get to the? Th- we won't get to the third movie because I was uh, going to say about Andy Circus in the third movie. Do we have anything else to say about this one before we tap notes. out? Again, I think it's just really, really oh, well done. I love when they Gandalf do see the Black and, Gate in this one. Yes. Yay. How does? How does he look like? Oh, it's elven clothing. Actually, I, I answered my own question. Oh, uh, the rock. When he like looks like a rock, I was like, 
There's no way your cloak just looked like that. But it was elven clothing. I got it. Mm-hmm. Is elven clothing? Is it was like, like magic or something. Okay, there yeah. you go. Um, I want to say one last thing. I mean, like, criticisms aside, the, like, hype that I felt when Rohan and Gandalf appear on the mountaintop and how steep, yes. how randomly steep it is, I don't care. It's awesome. And it's just so, so, so cool. So and I just love all of them. And I also love when Gandalf frees Theoden from the spell and it's just... He becomes so young again. Yeah, and he comes back and it's so cool. And then, and then it's just, oh, it's amazing. I'm going to give this movie, I think I'm going to give it a nine- out of 10 for yeah. me? 8.7. Yeah, you didn't expect that from me, did you? Ooh. I hate that from you, actually. Oh, oh, my gosh. I think I'll also give it a 9. Interesting. All right, fair enough, then. I'll give it a 9. Honestly, I, 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 I might not give it a 10 while I'm at it. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's all, we're, if we're rounding up. We're rounding up, then. I guess we're rounding up to uh, 9s, then. And let's move on to our next and final film in this incredible trilogy. A yeah. trilogy that literally <laughs> wrote the book on book-to-film adaptations. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> The Return of the King. The entire cast. Oh, so there's a book I can read about it? You said literally, so there's a book. <laughs> no, they have books that are from the movie adaption. No, I was, he said he literally wrote the book on book-to-movie adaptations. Oh. And the fact that he's literally, I wanted to mess with him. but. <laughs> Alex, the audience can't hear you. Yeah, Alex, the right audience now. cannot. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> Thank you. We're a radio show. <laughs> Visual bits do not um, go over well. For visual our listeners, bits, Alex was giving Davis some um, side eye. The visual bits do go over well because me, someone who does not shut up when I go silent, they're like, hmm, thumbs up. Yeah, miracle. But then dead air is not good. Dead air is good. You guys kept talking, so it was fine. It was funny. Alex is pulling out a gun. He's going to shoot me with it right now. You can't see it, so I have to explain it to you. Ah! Boom! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. You went with the uh and then did a boom Because I saw you. Your, 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 he was your scared. Finger, I was, he it was, was right. apprehension. I saw your it's, finger moving. I got to show you this wrestling promo that I've been watching where this dude's oh like, gosh. this dude's like, you get pulled out. Some guy tries to jack you out of the car. You say, sorry, sir, take my wallet. Somebody tried to get me out of the car. I pull out the Glock. It's okay. so, it's so. So funny. Anyway, oh goodness. Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. The entire same cast is back. Uh, they are, yeah, really, really, really great in this. Also, I'm trying to find him. John Noble makes his appearance as Denethor. He plays his part well because I hate him. Yes, I hate his guts mm. so, so much. He's great in this film. And then the Witch King of Angmar is played by Lawrence Mackayer, uh, I believe. I um, love the Witch King. He also plays an orc commander, Gothmog, voiced by Craig Parker. Thomas Robbins as Deagle, who appears near the beginning of the film. Peter Jackson has a cameo. So many people have cameos. A lot of Wilhelm screens in this one. This. <laughs> really? Yeah. They were? Okay, yeah. It, in the second one, too. I didn't. I don't like Wilhelm screams. That's fair. It's it's a little over. Yeah, I mean, why not just have people, you know, scream into the microphone? Yeah. I, don't, I don't really know why you got to go with generic sound sound effect. Additionally, four of the designers of the Lord of the Rings straddle, strategy battle game are featured as Rohirrim at, at the Battle of Pelennor Fields. At the end of the film, during the closing credits, each cast member gets a sketched portrait morphed into morphed with a real photograph beside their name, which were sketched by Alan Lee, an idea suggested by Ian McKellen, an idea that we probably saw done a bit later on with the ending of Avengers Endgame. Directed by Peter Jackson, Walsh, Boyens, and Jackson back, Andrew Lesney as cinematographer, Jamie Selkirk as the editor, and Howard Shore with his masterpiece in this film. And released in December of 2003, and it's the longest film of the series by far. By the end of it, it does feel like it. it's three hours and 21 minutes of brilliant storytelling. You were going to talk about Gollum Davis. It kind of starts with him and his background with Deagle, and 
expanding I upon that. I didn't a like bit. that regular human Gollum had that voice, or Smeagol had that voice too. I didn't. Oh like yeah. <laughs> like you could just talk normal. Yeah, that was a weird choice from Circus <laughs> all involved. Look at this fish we got. But yeah. like, okay, <laughs> okay, fish, cool man. Fish. Yeah, that was a weird style choice. But you want to talk a bit about um, that character and Circus' performance, Davis? Oh, I had something else I wanted to say. Oh, well, you said we want to talk about Gollum in the third movie. Yeah, I want to talk about Speak it. Speak your truth, But uh, yeah, since we're probably not going to get back to this, since Saruman's death is cut out of this movie. Yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson tried to direct, you may have heard this, you may have not. This is also a really fun fact that everybody knows, probably. When uh, Peter Jackson tried to uh, like direct Christopher Lee on what it was like to be stabbed, and Christopher Lee was like, I was in World War II. I stabbed a guy to death one Wait, time. Wait, I remember I know that. It. I know what yeah. it's like. Oh, yeah, because he's like, I want to direct you on how to react to being stabbed. He's, he's like, like, I know what it's like. Uh, yeah, Christopher Lee, read up on the man if you if you, if you you feel so inclined. It's really an incredible story of all of his. He's also like related to Charlemagne. Hmm. As in. The king. Yes, Not indeed. the god. The, no, the yes, radio yeah. guy. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Charlemagne Actually, as in the. That'd be cool. That would, that would be pretty crazy. Um. Yeah, this film, I mean, it's just nonstop. But yeah, uh, Andy Serkis, he wrote the book on... Uh, motion capture. Motion capture. He should get an Oscar for it. Gollum looks, still looks great. He does great. It's just so creepy and evil. Unsettling. I love watching the behind-the-scenes um, clips of how he portrayed it because they they weren't really sure, and he's like, yeah, I'll just put on a gray suit and just run. And it, gives, it, it helps because it gives Sean Astin and... Um, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. I don't know why I was playing on his name. <laughs> Something to interact with, which is so vital to their scenes because if it wasn't so, it probably would be, you know, Shia LaBeouf yelling at Transformers kind of interaction, which is just not not where this movie needed it to be. And I think it really is a, a welcome addition. And again, like I've said, sitting on our soapbox, give Andy Serkis a lifetime achievement yes, award. Yes, he needs it. Like he he's the he's not like he, he is. He's he's one of the found he's the one of the foundations for motion capture nowadays. Even I, in video games. I would agree with that 100%. Like, I feel like it, you, have to, you have to give him something. There, the motion capture as it is today does not exist without the work that he has done consistently. And the fact that, mind you, he has kept returning to do that work because, you know, he was doing the Planet, excuse me, the Planet of the Apes trilogy among when many. When did this one come out? Return of the King, when did it come out? 2003. Okay. Three movies in oh, three wow. years. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, crazy they, amount they of production. Se- sequentially, yes, they did all, all, all together and spending, you know, a lot of money. But it is worth pretty, it. Yeah, I, I would agree one hundred percent. I think it's absolutely worth it without, without question. Um, yeah, I think this film it just escalates everything to what you've all been waiting for. It also introduces another antagonist who I didn't think was possible. You've got Denethor. You know, you oh. lose Christopher Lee, and it's like, don't worry, guys. We got, we've got someone we've, more annoying. We've got one in the chamber for you to just completely go insane, and it's it's brilliant. It really is. The big thing from this movie I want to ask you about is what did you think about, like, Pippin being the – he kind of takes the role as a main an- protagonist for this. I liked it. Peregrine. I- like I really like it. Yeah, Mary, character development. Mary kind of does, but Pip more so. I think it's a great way to give. It just it's the fact that the movie doesn't stop and the series doesn't give up on characters. It doesn't hesitate to go. Now we're going to give them their moment yeah. in the in the spotlight. And I think it's done. Re- I like Mary's little arc that he kind of has. I like he wants to fight. He wants to help. Yeah, exactly. I like uh, Pippin's arc, and of course, Eowyn has one of the greatest arcs. And 
one of the scenes that um, stupid people nowadays on Twitter would go, oh, that's a woke line. When in reality, the <laughs> I am no man line, as she absolutely takes it to the Witch King, so is like, so if I good. saw that in theaters, like nowadays, I honestly think I would clap. I think I'd get let out like a woohoo or something. That is just awesome. Right. I'm sorry. It's 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 so cool. Because it's Black not Widow forced. It's like, it's natural. What if Black Widow said that? But that's the thing is that the, the MCU is just not, it's not. Um, I'm no woman. I'm no man. I'm no woman. <laughs> I messed it. Dang it! I messed it up. God let's dang go, it! Let's James. go back in time. <laughs> Imagine if Black Widow went like, "Erm, I'm no man." Wow, Davis. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, she didn't go erm. She was like, oh, I, I was ripping the hell. I was turning off. it up for the for the bit. Guys, <laughs> guys, I am no man. I am Iron Man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a throwback. Oh, uh, we hate the MCU. <laughs> I am Iron Man. Anyway, <laughs> I am no man. <laughs> if, you know, if Tom Cruise was in the running to play Owen before. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, like that scene is just so awesome. Just her entire arc in this entire series is so so well done. I love Aragorn finally stepping up to his birthright and whatnot. Yes, the Ghost Army. That scene is. I just have an crazy. issue with the Ghost Army. What about it? They're like, you can't beat them. Well, you gonna. Kind of unfair. Well, yeah, but that's... Well, it was, I think, supposed to tie in, like, Aragorn's bloodline. No, I know why I they got him, but, like... he's, like, the king. Yeah, yeah, I know why, but, like, if that ghost army shows up, you're kind of done. Well, yeah, but that's the point, is that, um... No, I mean, Davis, like... Well, it took... It was really hard for him to get yeah. them on his side, also. Exactly, and it's, it's also kind of about, like, not to theorize, because, you know... Obviously, but this film one is a fantasy film, so obviously there's those sort of things. And two, it really deals with like the chosen one mes- me- right. messiah type roles because Frodo is implicated as one heavily throughout, mm-hmm. and then Aragorn is literally the chosen one. Yeah, like he he's has like, he lives longer than normal men. He is the heir to Isildur, one of the Isildur. last great is- what Isildur. Isildur, sorry. Um, one of the last um, great kings of men, like he is supposed to be the chosen one. So I give it a pass for that because the whole movie, and that's kind of what I think is so great about it is yes, it's these high stakes with the eye of Sauron and the orcs and the Urukai and the goblins and all that nonsense. But it's really a story about the characters within just going through these events. Like it's really about Aragorn accepting his birthright and coming to terms with Wanting to be Return a leader. To the king. Because, yeah, exactly. Because he is originally a lone ranger and exiled. They talk about him being exiled, that he's resided to that. And this whole trilogy is partly his story to recognizing that. And obviously, even Gimli and Legolas have a smaller story of just accepting each other. And everybody has an arc, and it's beautiful, is basically mm. my yes. point that I'm trying to make. I think it's like everyone changing their mindset because Aragorn went from like this place of shame, like, oh, this was my father. Or like my past relative to being like, oh, this is my past relative. Let me right the wrongs that he did. Exactly. And this is something yeah. that he genuinely, you know, you, you see those flecks of leadership and fellowship and it grows with each passing moment because you realize that he is a leader of men, basically. And that, that's his great role. Like even I loved, again, not to harken back to the first one for a bit, but when Gandalf is taken down by the Balrog but does not die um, or does die. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, because I guess then he's brought back. He's as like, like a, he's born, oh, like reborn. Name. He's like reborn. He's as like a, immortal as a whole, or something. Yeah, exactly. As a holy character of some kind. Gandalf the White. Exactly. Yeah. What, Every, what color would he be next if he died again? Gandalf the Clear. <laughs> Gandalf the Translucent. <laughs> That's not. Wouldn't he just be naked then? 
Wow. <laughs> no, it's the color of his robes. That's true. <laughs> Gandalf the bone. I don't know. Oh, you never see him. If he fell in mud, he's kind of done there. Unless they're magical does, cloaks. They're probably magical cloaks. I think he would have some mud on him. But I don't know. Exactly. Me. It looks pretty cool, though. And again, I think just like I was talking back to that, they're all mourning on the mountain, and, and Aragorn's like, we must move now, and just pulls this fellowship along as far as he can. Right. And I love how it builds to this. Again, with he, you know, he convinces Rohan to go to war. He's like, we have to, or we're all going to die. Because mm-hmm. that's what is going to happen. And again, I mean, the fight, the battle at Pelennor Fields, the entire sequence, the the whole battle along the watchtowers in Gondor, the catapults of the heads. Oh, so good. The the I love Ian McKellen. We talked about his expressiveness earlier. I love when they're at the gates and it's nighttime in Gondor because like they've kind of resided the fact that they're going to start coming through the gates. And he's like, you're a man of Gondor. You will face anything with might or whatever. And then the troll comes through and he's just like, Oh God! And it's Ian McKellen is so 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 good. That's the scene my grandma always points out. Is his, is his reaction when he sees the armor? Tool. He's like, I wasn't prepared for this. He's yeah. kind of silly. Like he's just like, it's oh, so how, I didn't expect that to happen. But he's Gand. I don't know. Exactly. I mean, when you're the all powerful wizard, but then sometimes he's just like, oopsies. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh oh shucks. Um, yeah. I I don't know what else you guys have. I have to think about this. Um, oh, sorry. No, 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 Anna, go, go. go right ahead. Oh. As our expert. You keep calling me experts. You said, I feel like that's false. You literally said, and I quote earlier today, you need an expert, and then pointed at yourself. <laughs> I said, okay, well, maybe I did say that. Um, <laughs> Caved immediately. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I like to watch things. I'm no expert. My little brother actually is. He, like, reads. He's read all the books on it. I texted him before this. I was like, what should I bring up? And he was like, hold on. I got the receipt. It's not long. Um, But what I was going to say is that I still remember the first time I watched this movie and seeing Frodo's finger getting bit off. I was like, I was not prepared for that. Like, I was like, I was just prepared for someone to just straight up die. But like, no, the finger just. Horrific. Oh, okay. Here it is. He said, um, Gondor's ability to have such a well-equipped army at such a scale. Lots of resources. Boom. Wow, boom. wonder what the schools are like at Gondor. I do wonder as well. We may never know. We, we, we probably will never know. Then again, apparently Peter Jackson and them are going to be going back to the well with this series in some form or another. So in the words of, you know, people everywhere, oh no. Yeah. Also, Sam gets the girl, which I love. Yeah, so that Crazy. actually, in the extended edition, by the way, um, Eowyn and Faramir end up together. Apparently, really? Because obviously I they were like related. No. Oh no, she's from Theoden. I'm sorry. She she's she's from Rohan. My yeah, fault. exactly. Is, no. Okay. Sorry. M- refresh me. Faramir is is Boromir's brother, the son of Denethor. Okay. Who we is think he is the one dead, that tries then, to get like he, the dad tries to light him on fire? Yes, exactly. Which gotcha. is such a great scene, by the oh, way. I love everything. So good. Everything that happens in um, Osgiliath is so terrifyingly terrifying because the orcs are just more yeah everyone's just like lost their minds yeah it's like we're all gonna start dying guys by the way so yeah that happens in the extended edition because obviously Eowyn and Aragorn sort of have a hinted thing but um he is promised yeah, to Arwen I wasn't sure about I wasn't he, feeling that I mean you know it was I, fine it, it, you know it, it it's all right in the grand scheme I think it's all right you know I don't I mean? know I feel like Aragorn and Arwen or what's the the blonde chick Eowyn um, Eowyn 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 
I feel like hers was more of like a school a schoolgirl crush because he came in, yeah. he saved her uncle, and now he's like some super hot brave hero. But then he's like, nah, I got I my got, lady. I got he's got Liv Tyler, Tyler man. Daughter. I'm about to say uh, Steven Tyler man. It's crazy. So good. So and this film also only cost ninety four million, which is just incredible considering the scope and scale of it yeah. all. But it made one point four six billion dollars, which. I would have killed to the see highest this in the grossing film of 2003 and the second highest grossing film of all time. What'd you say, Davis? I said I would have killed to see this in the theater. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, technically, you could have. That's you true. Remember it, it, it. It also has had some re-releases as of late. It won. It, it was nominated for 11 awards and won all 11, tying Ben Hur and Titanic as the movie with the most Academy Award it wins. Won, it went 100. percent Yes. Oh, that's cool. Which it, it also began the second film series whose entries have all won Best Visual Effects after the original Star Wars trilogy. Return of the King was the first fantasy film to win an Academy Award for Best Picture. Just looking at the list, it was up against Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, Mystic River, and Seabiscuit. Hmm. And it took that home. It took that home. No acting nominations or wins for hmm. any of uh, people involved. Uh, yeah, I However, guess, like, who do you choose? I guess maybe that's, like, who do you nominate? Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Um, Sean Astin. But then you can say Sean Astin. You can see Elijah Wood. Then you can well, yeah, okay. it's hard Not, because they're say. consistent. Uh, Davis, this same year, Mystic River had um, two people nominated in two different categories. Actually, no, it had three. So it had Best Supporting Actress nomination, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Actor nomination. So it can be done. The problem is the Academy didn't want to give them 17 awards, mm-hmm. which is what might have happened. Best Adapted Screenplay at one. It obvi- finding Nemo won Best Animated Feature Film that year, actually. Oh, it lost. Can't believe Return of the King didn't win that one. Oh, yeah, you know, it's a, actually. <laughs> I want to like, talk about Sean Astin. Yeah, go ahead. I then. guess Sam Wise. Uh, first of all, I love when there's a good re- male role model like this. Just like, he's just good. He's wholesome. He's a wholesome guy. He's good. Like, he doesn't, like, he, he gets mad at Smeagol, but, like, I feel like for pretty good reason. Yeah. He beats him up. I, I also say forget. Like he's just not like he's not bad. And he even toys with that, getting mad at Smeagol because then he's sort of kicked to the wayside, and it tests his resolve. And he still goes back for Frodo, yeah. no matter what happens. I feel like it's also hard, like nowadays, to find movies where like the main character has like this best friend supporting character, and then it's completely platonic. Yes. Or like they're not related. So. I, yeah, I just love like a fraternal, like fraternal love there, like not yeah. not re- love, platonic brotherly love there that they like have. He's his gardener. But also, do you think they threw in that line about Rosie Cotton, whatever his name is, her name is, so people wouldn't be like, oh, they're they're gay for each other? Well, I mean, I was watching. I was like, because like, I'm sure you could interpret it as that. Well, but then he he's mentions like, oh, yeah. Rosie in the first movie. Oh, also. does he? Yeah, because okay. they have at Bilbo's party. Um, Sam's sitting down, he's watching Rosie dance, and I can't remember who, it might have been Frodo, but he's like, oh, go ask her to dance, and he's like, oh, no, I don't have the courage. Mm. And then later that's he's right. like, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to go marry Rosie. That's so right. it's like that switch from like the timid, Sam, like though, sweet person to this courageous... Fro- Stop it, dude. Stop it right <laughs> now. Are you trying to make a ship name? No. Yeah. Obviously, the, on, the only the only, the only um, ship name is uh, Gimagus, but uh, that's what? for Gimli and Legolas. But oh, okay. oh my goodness. Wait, awesome. g- gim- Gimgalus, actually. Is more, is more, yeah, sorry, guys. That or sounds legally. like Le- Legally. <laughs> <laughs> How tall is Legolas here? Because sometimes he seems like really tall. Oh, my God. I forgot. I want to mention that. I love in the first one when he's walking on top of the snow. Everybody's like oh, judging yeah. this one. He's just like. Yeah, that's so funny, man. I love that. Uh, I don't know how tall he is, but 
I mean, I know how tall Orlando Bloom is, but well, it's all four inches. I feel like man. elves are supposed to be really tall. I don't know if I'm just making that up. I don't I know just... if they're supposed to be really tall. I, I think I, like I maybe taller than like humans. Yeah. But like in comparison to like the hobbits and the dwarves, that makes them tall, tall. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely it's a lot funny of funny to see how they're... short the hobbits are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they, you know, they don't go to it a lot. It also helps that like Hugo Weaving is six two, so I mean that's yeah. a pretty you know tall guy. So I mean that's kind of the <laughs> reference. <laughs> Every time I see his face, all I can think about is like his face. Like fading in. Every time I see him, I look and think of him as Mr. Anderson. Oh my god! You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, y'all. Yeah. And then of course, Howard Shore won for best original score at the Oscars. It got best sound mixing, best sim- best art direction, best costume design, best makeup, best film editing, and best visual effects. No doubt about it. It beat out Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl for best visual effects, mm. which was which that's a tie contest between the two of those, I'd say. I don't know. I'd rather watch Return of the King. No, I mean, yeah, I'm talking about visual effects though. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. either way. I didn't stutter. Wow. One <laughs> issue with this movie is, man, the ending is long. Okay, but it ties up all the necessary ends. It gives you closure. No, I know, but it's like it's like when it's like it fulfills. You know when you end a movie? Like, okay, Davis, remember we were watching Moonlight this past week? Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to talk about that in a bit, too. Like, you know how a movie ends and you're like, oh, man, I really want to know what happens to them. But you know you shouldn't because the movie has ended on a right poetic note. This movie is literally answering though what happens to these people and that people, and it ends like forty times. I'm just saying that's my only critique is, and that and that again, it had a lot to do, and I respect it for doing it. But man, like I mean, it. Let's. I'm just thinking back to memory. You know, you you like the whole battle of Gondor ends, and you're like from the emotional high, you're like, oh man, it's like, well, we still have to go to Mordor, and you're like, oh brother, and then you go back to Mordor, and then the eagles come in and save, and you're like, okay, and then they wake up, and it's like, okay. And then Frodo's like, I'm leaving. And it's like, oh, and then oh, then Aragorn gets crowned king. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Then Frodo's like, I'm leaving too. And it's like, okay. It's well, just, it's such. Like, I think he could have stopped after, like, everybody kneeled to them. And then it was like, boom, cut the Yeah, back. well, like, I mean, it just, and I get it. You I do, no one. I do right get there. it. And I think, I don't, I haven't read the books. So maybe he, Jackson wanted to stick with Tolkien's tying up of those loose ends, but I think you really could have ended with the you bow to no one scene. That poetry. But Perfect. also it gives you that like like yeah, it's closure, but then at the end, Frodo and Sam are separated forever after that. Because Frodo goes to like the Elvish um Elfland. Why does yeah. he do that again? Because he has the marble thing in his chest from the first movie. Like he has a shard of the sword. And it'll, like, never fully heal. And so he's, like, ever since he got that, he's, like, I can't go back to my normal life. Oh, yeah, because he thinks, like, it's, like, the darkness in him or whatever yeah, kind of thing. Okay, something. that makes sense. That and tracks. he goes there with Bilbo, which is, like, that's cute. That's true. A little family moment. Yeah, exactly, because Bilbo is older and older and older. I mean, but still, I think, again, this movie, the scale of it is so good. The visual effects of it are so good. The, I mean, the horror of the orcs just bearing down on Gondor is very well put together. The fact that... I love the scene when Faramir and them are forced to go back out one last time to charge. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the knights – or, no, somebody gives the knight a flower and he reaches down. It's just very poetic. And, again, visually it's a stunning movie. Gondor yes. is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's a miniature. That's oh. right. Exactly. It's God bless people that still use miniatures, I say. And this, this is – to be honest, watching this movie is what makes me so angry about the Hobbit movies because mm-hmm. they're so lazy and so cheap looking and so ugly. Yeah. Except that one hot dog. Oh, God, oh I was my gosh. Say that. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I read see if you were the book. I read the book and I remember really liking the yeah, book. Yeah, because it's Tolkien, and, and, but they, 
For those who don't know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy of movies is based on a trilogy of books. The Hobbit trilogy of movies is based off of... A book. A single book. A single book. Which is shorter than any of the Lord of the Rings ones, I'm pretty sure. It's pretty funny. It's a pretty fun little jaunt around. It is, man. It's fun. It's good. It's just Bilbo's journey. Why is he going? Where, Where was he going? Like what was he out? What was he out doing? No, they the the dwarves came to him and asked him to go along. Why? Because they needed a, an adventurer, an adventure of some kind, and, and, and Gandalf, Gandalf had been like, it, it's a, it's a little shoddy. Eh, whatever. It's, it's like fun. getting it's vol- volunteered for something, and yeah. you're just like, oh. And then he's he like, then you realize you you you've accidentally volunteered to oh. enter like the World War II draft. You're like, oh wait, wasn't he like? Didn't he tell them he was like a thief or something? Yes. And that's why they send him to go steal the treasure from Smeagol. Yeah, Not exactly. Smeagol, smog. 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 Yeah, smog, he goes because yeah. he, he needs to go. He needs to go because they think they're going to need someone to go in and get something from the dragon. Is is yeah. the, the, the express purpose? Also, go ahead. No, say finish your thing. That, that was just the point. I was going to say also they don't intend to reclaim the fort and originally they're just trying to get like this the stone that is like the, like the dwarf gem thing. That's like a, a symbol, probably, a symbolism of royalty of or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in. The Lord of the Ring movies. I just want to mention how I like how heavy the rings. Like the first time they drop it on the floor, it doesn't bounce or anything. It just yeah. like, boom. Yes. Or like we, you can see the the scars on Frodo's neck from wearing the chain. Detail. This is why Peter Jackson is. I'm is pretty sure on the good side. You is can that. also see it's like a, a mark on his chest, kind of burned from it being in his pocket as well. Oh, because he had cool. two wounds, one from the sword, and then on the other side, it was just like. Uh, like a welt and kind of a circle, and I assume it's from when the ring was in his pocket. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. The details there are amazing. I yes. also um, loved – I was thinking about the, the heaviness of the ring in the first film when they throw it in the fire and Gandalf's like, you can touch it, it's cold mm-hmm. or whatever. That's yes. just so interesting. All of it is. It's so, so, so good. And, again, I love how they finally get to Mount Doom and about to put it in the fires, and then Frodo's like mm, – I'm keeping this mine. Ring looks pretty cool right now. That's mine. Yes. That's so, it's just a, such a, a horrific scene, especially when Gollum catches it. Mm-hmm. But then, he, you know, it's for his doom, basically. Ugh. I I love this movie. It really is one of the greatest movies of all time, I think. I won't say such a thing. What do you mean you won't? Davis out here like, when can I, we I start can't. talking about everything you're all at once being one of the greatest movies of all time? But you can't say it for Lord I of the Rings. I said when can we? I never said it was. Oh. Well, what, you're not going to say it's one of the best of all time? I feel it like you be. could say yeah, in yeah. your opinion. Well, yeah, that's why it, I said I feel like it's one. It, it's in the discussion. I think I think it just, it, in terms of its scale and scope and how it wraps up everything. Like, personally, I agree with you. I mean, is is there a more even trilogy ever at any point? Mm. I'm, I can't tell you. Oh, the new Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, so absolutely. funny. That's oh, really. Wow. Wait, wait. <laughs> I mean, you know, last. I mean, you know, Davis, you make all those jokes, but then you love The Last Jedi. So why don't we just kind of like it? The Last Jedi? Well, you like trash. So. Okay, The Last Jedi is better than the one in the middle. What was that? The one in the that? middle is The Last <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. It's the most interestingly shot, and it brings the most interesting things to no, this. No, it drones on for so long, and nothing happens. What? That's true. Anyway, like um, I, whatever, whatever. I mean, seriously though, is there is there a more even trilogy? Like, because most trilogies just they fizzle out. You know, even Return of the Jedi is kind of a you know it's a tough end to that trilogy. Still pretty good. The yeah. Matrix trilogy fizzles out. Spider Man trilogy fizzles out. Because I feel like you're also for a lot of these are thrown in, 
And then it just kind of like you're there for a short time and then you just kind of leave. Exactly. But this one, I feel like they really take you on the journey. You're there every step of the way. I would agree with that 100%. I think that's one of its greatest assets. I mean, even I'm thinking back to other like the Dark Knight trilogy. You know, Dark Knight Rises is a weaker of the three. But with these, I mean, they're all pretty even. And if your one issue with the first one is that it sets up a lot of things, it's okay when the payoff is... You understand. As good as it is, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, every plot line goes forward. I know. I know. Um, why don't we go ahead and give this a rating and then wrap up the show, Give it a guys. nine. Anna? Ten. I'm going to give it a 9.5 to be reevaluated at a later date. Well, what have we been watching or reading lately, Davis? We saw D&D. Uh, that's it. We saw Moonlight. Oh, yeah, we saw Moonlight, too. Come on now, Davis. Don't Sorry. you remember we seen Moonlight? I've seen it before, so it wasn't like, oh, I just saw this. I watched WrestleMania. Okay, pretty cool. It was it was pretty it was pretty uh fun for one night and then the second night was terrible. Moonlight was crazy. I need really to watch good. it again. I want to watch really it a second good. time. I want to watch it a second time. Makes it better every time you watch it. It does, that's so I've heard. Um Anna, watch anything interesting? Um I'm rewatching The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And Other I'm culture. also watching My Hero Academia season five right mm-hmm. now. Very popular show. Yes, ten out of ten. And watching District Nine, apparently. Oh yes. yes. Halfway through that Halfway one. Halfway through that one. And then uh, any Ministry of Truth this week? I think we kind of covered it with the remakes and whatnot, yeah, we didn't did. we? And Davis, I couldn't find a trivia. Uh, well, it's okay. I said um, I it. There's not a trivia, but I have like a fun, oh, fun, oh, yeah, there you go. fun fact. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Have you guys seen the interview with that guy and Elijah Wood where he just keeps, he's like, he's like, you're a beautiful man. Did you wear wigs? Yeah, and he's like, no. And he's that's like, Mary. will you wear wigs? No, he's interviewing. Oh, yeah, it's Dominic Monaghan, the guy oh, that plays Mary. That's Pippin. That's Mary. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm telling you right now, it is Mary. Alex, I, he is in Lost. It is Dominic Monaghan. It is Mary. Ooh, didn't mean to stir the pot. Yes, it is. I just thought it was funny. Can you never, whatever, in the show. Get, no, Davis, <gasps> Davis, Davis, no. Davis, Davis, Davis. Yes, the fortune of the show has got to come to an end. We apologize for no trivia this week. It was tough to find anyone good in the cards. However, I think um, I have a uh, question. Ooh, I got one. Who plays the hot dwarf in, there you go, yep. in oh The Hobbit? Oh, my gosh. Okay, that, you have to give a name because that's a relative thing. Uh, it's the one that no, doesn't who look plays, like a dwarf. Trust me, you guys know who we're talking <laughs> the about. The one who hooks up with the elf, kind of? Yes, yes. Yeah. Also, and who plays the elf because she was in Lost. There you go. Two-parter question oh, Okay, there. cool. All right. Um, and with that, I would like to thank everyone for joining us once again here on the set for another episode of Through the Lens, Weagle 91.1 FM's longest-running movie podcast and longest-running podcast of any kind. If you have any thoughts on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, controversial or otherwise, I don't imagine there can be any controversial opinions, you can let us know directly by following us at Through the Lens Weagle on Instagram. That's Through the Lens, W-E-G-L. We'll be back next week with special guest Sutton Sylvester making his return as we talk about the first five Fast and the Furious movies. Davis, I know you are excited for this one. I can hear the excitement in your voice. He's oh, so gosh, I think he's, he's crying. crying from happiness. Davis, he's do you want to so let the viewers excited. how you feel about that? How about those? No, not at all. Well, <laughs> I would like to thank our special guest, Anna, for stepping in um, for some emergency guest duties tonight. We really, really do appreciate it. And again, she's the expert, as she said. Oh, goodness. But as for me, I'm Alex, using along with my co-host, Davis Carroll, and we will see you all next time for some more Through Lens as the end of the road continues. Only five episodes, four episodes left until the end times. We got Britt Bowen joining the show, all kinds of special guests coming up. I'm really excited for it, and I hope you guys are too. But until then, we'll see you next time.